Why do I stand to stay where I am? <clears throat> What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Dr. Funk podcast. Thank you guys so much for joining me today. Thank you guys for subscribing on YouTube, Apple Music, Spotify, and uh, join the Facebook fan page on the real Instagram page and Twitch checking us out. Today, we have a very special guest on, Dwayne Tudal, whose new book, new is coming out very, very shortly. Uh, Prince in the Parade and Sign of the Times era studio sessions, 85 and 86. Look how thick this is. 700 pages just for two years. Other people, their entire career would be half of this book. So Dwayne did a lot of work and we are so thankful and fortunate to have him on with us today to talk about this book to take your questions, to talk about other stuff when it comes to Prince history and what else is going to be in store. It is my infinite pleasure. Thank you, guys. I see Canada in the house, Australia, the UK, Germany, and, of course, the US. Thank you guys so much for joining in live. Without further ado, here we go, Mr. Dwayne Tudal. Oh, oh, hi. I didn't know you'd be coming to me. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you guys doing? How you doing? So you're probably reading your own book. Are you even finished with your own book with how big it is? It's, it's, you know, what's funny is, is when I started writing this book, I get, I get to the end. It's just, you know, six, 700 pages of, of content. I get to the end of it and I have to start over doing things. And I'm like, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot because there's so much to this. It's, it's, uh, the first book had a lot. It's the first book of 500 pages. This is an extra, almost another half uh, above it. So it's like, and again, like you said, it's only two years. And that's the crazy thing is when you think about it, this right. is two years of a guy's life. And, and there's other people that would write a full um, a biography of somebody, of another artist. That's half that length, just that. So it's, it's, it's crazy that there's this. And there's still stuff I wish I could have gotten in, but it's a quarter of a million words. It's, right. it's, a, heavy, it's a heavy book. It's, do you have the other book? I was going to say, put it up against next to the other book so you can, so you can see the difference in size. I don't have... Yeah, the book next to me, so they can we see. We all know size matters. Exactly, exactly, especially in books. Right. Yep, there it is. There it is. Look at that. That's huge. It's and crazy. With this book, this book carries, you know, five hundred plus pages, close yeah. to eighty-three and eighty-four only, which is a tremendous period in Prince's life. But a lot of people don't understand eighty-five and eighty-six was even bigger. It's 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 the the story is expanded the first book i'm, I'm still i'm always gonna be proud of this. my first book's my baby but the mm -hmm. second book is the, not only just him, him rising to be a superstar but what happens because you can't stay number one forever and it's the things that you go through the next two years and some of the music from the sign of the times parade it's some of his best music for me and and so it's it was fun and the storyline you have the uh purple rain tour the release of uh, around the world day under the Cherry Moon, the parade tour, the breakup of the family, the breakup of the revolution, the uh, Madhouse, Jill Jones album, some of the Black albums, Sheila's second, first, uh, Sheila's second, Sheila's third, uh, the Flesh. It's just cr crazy how much this guy did, and and you look at all that stuff would be a career for most people, and that's right. two years, a uh, two year, and uh, just. The energy this guy has, if you start to uh, read and, and understand in context where this stuff goes, it's just, I don't even know how to explain it other than you got to actually look at it and, and understand that this guy did not stop. He did not stop. And I mean, day, it, it, go ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, no. And of course you have like the beginning of the book, 
here comes to kick off the Purple Rain tour. It's not going to be a world tour, although the T-shirt said that. Right. But if they did a world tour, probably a lot of this doesn't exactly happen <laughs> because of uh, the of him being able to tour and being able to record at the same time. Although studios would be set up for him, it wasn't. Right is setting up home at Sunset Sound. Right. I think that might be part of it. But I mean, the first month, you look at the fact that he did take the first month and he would go through, he did the all of Sheila's second album basically in the first month. And so I think he would have found a way. He's a guy that would have found a way. That's right. the bottom bottom line is you're not going to be able to tell Prince you can't record. <laughs> you know, the, you're not going to, that's just how it went. And, and so Susan Rogers was probably the most important person he had when it came to facilitating his, his recording on the road. Uh, it's funny. Somebody, Rachel just said, I'm exhausted reading about how much, how hard he's working. It, I trust me, writing it made me exhausted. The same thing was like going, there's so much this guy's doing and, and trying to wrangle all this stuff into it and, and understand where this stops, this starts, this stops. It's, it's the guy just did not stop. And, and getting all the details from not just the liner notes or the, uh, the studio notes, but, uh, going to the Library of Congress, going to the uh, studio uh, engineers, band members, and singers that had uh, things, uh, union notes from both Minnesota and uh, Los Angeles, um, uh, contracts uh, when things were signed that you can find in the public domain or, or do some research on. It's just there's so much to it, and there's things that contradict along the way. You're going, wait, how did this fit in here when this happened here? So it's... right. You know, I'm, I'm what I'm happy about is that because of the sign of the times deluxe, a lot of people when they get the book, uh, which comes out um, uh, next next Friday, next Friday. So, whew, oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, June when I get the book, they can they can. Uh, is it next Friday? Next June 10th is whatever. Right? I have to look at my. Yeah, let's see. Uh, oh, sorry, next Thursday. Wow. It's even closer than I thought. <laughs> That's what she said. Uh, yeah. Um, what's that? I didn't hear what you said. Or maybe exactly. you shouldn't repeat it. Maybe you shouldn't repeat it. Okay. Um, oh, it's an office joke. You get it. Okay. 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 Uh, um, but it's it's uh, crazy when you think. I don't even know what I was saying. I'm just sorry. I get so giddy oh, about this stuff. Great. And the thing is, is not only is your book covering the timelines of when stuff was recorded, People don't understand, especially in this world of TMZ where it seems a scandal happens three times a day. Mm. The American Music Awards and the We Are the World Specials was right. a huge thing that hurt him for months. And to know how much it was affecting him, and people can read about this in your book. Right. Again, at DwayneTudall.com, I'm going to purchase it right now. Yourself, we have it up on there. On there and then people if they want to put it inside the box they can as well and we'll go ahead and do it you can get the download the first chapter right now right but this and if you and if you download the first chapter you're going to see how much guy work the guy did just in the first month and he's on the road for that is if you read it you go i don't know how he found time for all this stuff and right. and still was able to grab meals maybe that's how he stayed so thin you know because he didn't have time to eat or anything Exactly. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. So the American Music Awards, not to jump around because we're not going to be going right. month by month for stuff. That's what your book does, and it does it perfectly. Good. Thank you. The American Music Awards, <laughs> we are the world sessions. Him not showing up for it. And Bob Cavallo gave him the best advice that you can give him, which was 
stay home. Do not go out. Do not go party this night. And so Prince went out and partied and said, I, you know, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm on top of the world. And he went out and he got a photographer that wanted to take his picture. And uh, they got into a big fight. His bodyguards got in trouble with this. And that led to a spiral. And you, the interesting thing is watching how that happened in it, just the, the drift. Every interview he did after that mentioned that. He wrote hello about that. He wrote, um, uh, which goes into detail, he wrote that a month later or month, two months later. Uh, then he wrote um, for the tears in your eyes two or three days after that because he had to get a song to that. He was doing triage to to kind of you know PR triage to kind of make up for that. And he even knew this. I mean, he understood this. And and every interview he did, even the MTV or or uh, the stuff he did with Neil Carlin for Rolling Stone, he had to cover this. He had to say, well, you know, here's the deal, and and it it really affected him. I think it it, it really affected him long in long term. So yeah. And it lasted for months. And that's what people have to understand. Like you're getting three scandals a day. You're having all this other stuff. And it's look, people were rooting for Prince to have a downfall. Yeah, Kurt Loder, who loved Prince when he was just um, a writer at Rolling Stone. When he became the editor, when Prince is, uh, they're asking him for interviews, that becomes a little bit of a problem. There was people wanting the downfall. Bob Geldof was one of his biggest critics, but he also had a little thing to play in We Are the World recording sessions right. as well, along with Michael and Quincy, correct? Uh, Bob Geldof didn't have anything to do with that, but he had Live Aid. And right. Bob Geldof was trying to get him on Live Aid, and he didn't. And I actually was able to ask, I think, Lisa, why Prince didn't do Live Aid. And she talks about a large part of why he didn't do Live Aid is because he didn't have control. You know, not having control was a huge thing for Prince. If he didn't have control of a situation, I don't think he liked to do it. He was, he liked to be in charge. He was always the alpha and to put him in a room where he can't be alpha is, is not something that's going to work for him. And also it would be a daylight thing. Prince didn't do a lot of daylight concerts. He did mm -hmm. some, but at this point in his career, you know, he, he wasn't really doing them and, uh, or at least not very often. And uh, so I think that was a large part of it too. Also, he just gotten off the road with the purple rain tour, but that said they were ready. I mean, they were, he had, he had a tight band by that point. They could have easily gone out there and done three songs. But you, here's the thing. You also know with Prince, he's not going to just rehash what he did. He's not going to go out there and say, oh, you want me to do Purple Rain again? Sure. By this point, he'd already released another album and recorded another album. So right. that's that's a month and a half or two months after that that he'd already done his next project and released his next project. So he would have wanted to probably come out with new stuff. And I think he just said, you know what? I, I don't have it in me right now. I'm, I'm, I've said I'm going to retire from live things for a while. I'm just going to keep with that and go devote to studio time. Right. And that, you know, yeah, I, he's an artist. And I think one of the things I learned about his, him and his books is he was so dedicated to his art that he would not let anything get in the way, whether it was personal relationships, business dealings, album releases, tours. It was all about his art. And I, you have to respect the guy for that, you know, so... And at the time, you know, after the Purple Rain tour was ending, <clears throat> he said he was going to be, we're not, I'm not going to tour yeah. for two years. Good, we're looking for the ladder. I'll be at a ladder. Yeah. yeah, Some yeah. Why? Sometimes it snows in April. <laughs> no. And I, one, of the, one, of the thing I, one of the things I like about him is he lays down these seeds through his career and, and that some of it we don't pick up for years. You know, he's he has somebody talk about, I wanted to imagine, uh, Wendy had to give a uh, comment and she, not to me, but into a radio show. And she said, Prince wanted to tell everybody Evalsi Dog. 
And we're all going, wait, what? What, what is that? And again, then he didn't even release a song. But you have things like um, in the, the tour book for uh, Purple Rain, it says, starts off with open your heart, open your mind. He's already on to the next project. Right. You know, and, and uh, I think that's what's amazing about, about him is he always had, he was always working way down the road and we're all just catching up. And, and the cool thing about being living through that time in real time is we got time to digest that stuff. And, you know, every time it's a 45, we come out and be like, Oh, what's on the B side. Great. Where's that come from? That's, and then we'd say, oh, this would fit on around the world day or whatever. And you're going, Oh, why didn't he put this on there? And then he comes out with for the tears in your eyes. And then, you know, whatever it is, and we hear rumors about another song. We're just like, there's always a feast. And I think that was one of the things that attracted me to Prince is there was always this gigantic table with this beautiful spread of, of music. And every year during that time, there was not only the stuff that we knew about, the stuff that we heard about or could hear on a B-side or a 12-inch, or they'd play live or going, I don't, I don't know what the name of that song is, but it's, it's pretty catchy. You know, during the Purple Rain tour, he played a lot of the songs from um, around the world a day. And that, but we didn't know what they were. You know, we're just sitting there going, okay, maybe that's an old song I don't know. Um, you know, whatever it is, because the guy just, the other thing that's funny to me is he's 25, 26, you know, right on this era. And you're thinking, at that time, I was not responsible like that. You know, to have a tour and everything on your back. And all, all the people in press room do a world tour. And like you said, Purple Rain wasn't a world tour. The only world part of it is he did a show or two in Canada. That's not really the world tour. Yeah. And and to go, I'm done with this tour. And I guarantee you, there's people saying, wait, you can make millions. You could retire. And he's like, I don't want to spend a year on the road. I don't want to do that. I have done this. Let's move on. I've, I've, I've achieved what I wanted to do. I showed everybody. Now I'll move on. And I he, you have to respect that. You know, and he said later in life to me after doing the musicology tour that the musicology tour afforded him the luxury tour. He doesn't have to tour conventionally anymore. It's obvious even back then he didn't like it. And he felt the Purple Rain shows that people, it had to be the same show, that they wanted the dearly beloved, they wanted the Purple Rain, and they had to have the outfits. So I felt constrained. That's why, as the tour was getting closer to the ending, the sound checks were where it was at where the stuff that they were recording they were doing and the stuff that was going to be getting played on future tours was coming. And those rehearsals, they shouldn't be out there. They are. My dog loves these rehearsals too. Exactly. That was the rehearsal for uh, La La La, He He He, or just here. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> My dog. So, you know, those were where it's at. It was showing how great the revolution was. And it just showed how constrained the Purple Rain tour was for him and how much he wanted to move on already as this book shows it. Right. And let's get into this as well, just to let okay. people know, because yes, there was an expanded edition of the first book and you guys should get this one. Definitely. But it's because now Dwayne has ways that he can make sure almost 100%, let's say 99.9%. .9%, there's not going to be an expanded edition. You I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. Let me, let me use Open and honest about this. This is this is what will happen. Probably is the uh, paperback is going to come out eventually. Um, it will. I will. If there's little tiny things I need to adjust, typos or um, sometimes there's a fact or two that that may have gotten uh, incorrect. But when I release it, it's oftentimes it's the peer review time. I send it out and everybody goes, "Oh wait, you forgot about this," or you know, "This is you know uh, this 
comment or something like that needs to be adjusted. So I'll, I'll make those minor tweaks and like that. So it's not going right. to be anything major. I will likely add um, a small part of book three if uh, if that's working there by that point. I'm, my, my thought is I think book three is probably going to be 87, 88, possibly 87 to 89. I don't know which, but what I'll do is, is um, if I have something ready, mm -hmm. I'll throw it, I'll put it in there. Cause I want to have people, I want to give people a reason to buy the paperback if they want the paperback, but uh, it, you know, you can wait a year and a half and get the paperback if you want. Uh, or you can go to the library and get it, you know, when you want and read those pages. You know, I, Damn it. I, it now. I'm, I'm hoping people get it now, obviously, right. but, but if it, it, uh, you know, if you don't want to buy it, you want to wait. Some people say, I'm waiting to see if he does the expanded. The reason why I did the expanded one before was because it was the first book. And once I did the first book, people were like, oh, they didn't. And, you know, a lot of people who were um, members of the revolution, Bobby, I hadn't talked to for the first book. Once they saw the first book, they're like, oh, I get it. OK, I understand now. Right. And they they talked to me and added things to it. And that was great. And, you know, people who were I did interview would reach out to me and say, oh, you know what? There's more to that story. And they'll tell me more things. And I thought I could sit with it on my shelf or I can give it to people and make sure they have access to this. But I think I can't, I can't write more than 700 pages on this stuff. But although people are, it's funny, I think I mentioned before and other things is people are asking me to expand each one of these to a thousand pages. If I did that, it would be way down the road. I mean, no rush to do that. I got to, you know, I'm crushing my arms here um, yeah. with everything. And, and I, I want to, I want to get as many books out as I can before I even think about expanding something to, and these things take two or three years to write. Right. Um, will more facts come out? Yeah, of course. You know, there's always been more things that people come out and say, Oh, what about this, this 45 that was sent to Bernie Grunman? I, I you know, you hope you got everything 700 right. pages. You really hope you have everything, but right. there's always going to be thing. I wasn't there. So now, we talked about when I had you on to promote the first book a few years ago. I was such a young, I was such a young man then. Yes. Yes. I see, I see your, the facial hair is finally going. Look, I do have some gray. This is my, this is my writer gray. You know, you can see reverse. It's, it's, but. it's, uh, this, I don't sleep. <clears throat> yeah. I don't eat. Well, I think I eat, but I don't sleep. I'm, I'm, you didn't put the thinning uh, filter. I thought you were going to put on for me. So I'm very frustrated. On the reverse side. You didn't even get the package yet? Oh, no, very frustrated. Very frustrated with this. No. So you talked about before that it was going to be three to four books. Are we still looking at three to four books? Those are most likely it's going to expand because I know what you're talking about before was 82, 81, 82. What, what I'd like to do is, is my goal and my dream is to cover the 80s as much as possible. That's what I've got information on. And I know some people are saying, why just the 80s? Well, that's what I'm writing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly open. I want people to write books about the 90s and on. Um, I would love that. And if somebody wants to write a book with me on that stuff and has information, reach out to me. I'm, I'm totally open to the idea of this right now. My goal is um, to write, uh, I just wrote 85, 86, possibly the next one would be either 87 through 88 or 87 through 89. I'm not sure which depends on how much I don't want to do a book that doesn't have enough information in it. I don't want to do a book just to do a book. I want to do a book because it has to be told. Right. And the, the third book would be the sign of the times tour, the release of sign of the times, uh, the release of Madhouse, the recording of Madhouse 16, uh, the release of Jill Jones album, the release of, of Sheila's third album, uh, the uh, Black album, Love Sexy, the Love Sexy tour, and, and that would end at 88. Or if I go into 89, it would be Batman and things like that. So there's a lot to it. And it's a matter of me making sure I have the, the information because I don't want to just say, 
yeah, in April he did some some stuff. You know, right. I want him, I like being able to give things. The trick is, is when I give more specifics, it is more of a chance of things being not wrong, but needing adjustment. Um, right. If I'm saying he recorded on three songs in a day and he started this time and this time and this time, there's always the possibility that what well, that had, you know, so there's always the shuffle that right. the more specific you get, the more chances of being wrong you are. Right. Um, so when people write, yeah, over this two week period, he recorded five songs. That's very easy to do. But when you, you putting your neck out and saying these dates are this date, it's, it's, you're opening yourself up to potentially being wrong, but I, that's the excitement. It's a tightrope. And you right. hope that you hope that everything fits. And it's like a Tetris game that um, all these pieces come together. So. If you get to 1989, you can cover the Kim Basinger recording session because I'd love to. I would love to. No, I, no but I would. I, I would love to just because of the rumors about what that was like. You know, right. that's, you know, the jar of honey or whatever they're talking about. So that that's kind of intriguing. I don't think you're going to get Femi to talk about that though, because he was the one in the recording studio. But it's possible. And if, look. If you need a co-writer, if you twist my arm a little bit enough and it comes to the 90s and stuff, just saying. Good to know. Good to know. Now, I here's Femi. If Femi's out there, I knew Femi from years ago. I don't know where he is now. And I would love to find him again because he's a great guy. You know what? I, I was at Tower Records year 2000 and my friend Christopher Williams was working at Tower. And he goes, hey, Nick, what do you think of this new group, Soul Decision? And I went, another boy group? And then this guy goes, hey, man, I produced that. Like, that's my group. And it was freaking Femi. And he goes, oh, I'm Femi Gia. And I went, Femi, Femi Gia? I'm like, did you work with Prince and I Wish You Heaven remixes and other stuff and George Michael? And he's like, yeah, that's me. And I went, all right, I'll give it a listen. And I go, I was blown away by your stuff. That's one of my favorite 12 inches ever. And that was a friendship for years, but he has kind of, fallen off the past years but i would love to get in touch with femi because he's such an amazing person and he has so many stories that a lot of people don't know and when stuff wasn't getting out of paisley it's when he was kind of around at, at both of those times in 1990 there was stuff that got out in 1991 but then when he came back in the mix in 2002 a lot of stuff wasn't getting out there right no if anybody knows of Femi, let me know because he was such a great guy we did sit and talk um, he used to live right down the street from where Sheila E. lived in, in Sherman Oaks and really nice guy. I just, I, I lost track of him. So I'm hoping an English guy, maybe he's gone back to London. I don't know, but um, I would love to find him. Somebody says Batman helped save Prince's career. Um, it was, I guess, it, I, I guess it sold a lot and it probably made him some money and that, right. that, that made it so he could do certain things. I do felt that the album sold more for the bat than the man for mm. sure. Like I agree that. with that. I agree with that. There was a mega. Anybody who was around then remembers the big hype behind Batman. You could you could come out with anything. You know, you yeah. come out with a combination sombrero, you know, underwear, and it was still with a bat thing, and it would still sell. It was like they they were. It was you could get anything sold, but but that said, there's some good stuff on the Batman album, right? And he like, a club, a private show there before uh before i think it was a night of the movie premiere actually and of course he ended up buying the china club a couple years later and turning into glam slam so just one of those things that's true that's true i want to talk about the fle the flesh and other stuff yes you please do please do we just mentioned sheila because i want to get more into the flesh okay. okay sheila let's get first to the lemon cake drama 
that that you're aware of because it is covered in the book because not giving away any spoilers here but there is a track there it is an instrumental you guys so there's no lyrics to it but it is described in the book so your recollection and what's report of lemon cake to you lemon cake um there's a lot of stories here's the here's the issue with with a lot of these things and, and there's a lot going on right now i only know what i can verify through dates and through um information through unions and things like this there's always going to be a gray area um, the stories, the personal stories, you have to get from the individual people. I did not interview Sheila for this book. I asked her and she said uh, she didn't respond. But I've known Sheila for a bit and, and she's done so many interviews out there. I was able to find a lot of what she talked about there. Mm -hmm. Lemon cake is something that, from what I understand, he Prince liked. Prince liked it from Greenblatt's Deli, which is right there on Sunset, um, right down the street from Sunset Sound, actually. Um, he liked... Uh, um, Roy Bennett used to make him lemon cake and that was something he'd make very much for him. Um, other people, did they make it? Probably. And it sounds like Sheila had made it as well, but the song was a song he recorded at sunset sound, kind of a jam um, when he was just starting the parade album and he was in there and Coke Johnson was the engineer and, and he even calls Coke, you know, he mentions Coke during the th songs I recall um, things like that, but it's an instrumental. It's just a jam, um, but he didn't call it lemon cake. So lemon cake itself was something that Prince enjoyed. And to the point where he actually named a song or a jam after it. And I think that's kind of fun to see these little things that pay off 20 to 30 years later. It's it's uh, it's interesting. Um, I can't say that any one person was the first person to, uh, to, uh, to keep doing it, but it sounds like Roy Bennett was the first person to do it. But it also sounds like Sheila may have made him lemon cake as well. I mean, if the guy liked it, you know he liked it. <clears throat> You know, there's no reason why she wouldn't make it for him as well. And and she was very close to Prince. So I don't doubt that the times she made the form. Right. So. Another thing, and what we're going about to bring up also, if someone comes in later in the room and they're asking about this, please make sure to let them know we ever covered it. There was an interview that Apollonia did recently with Sunset Sound talking about Manic Monday, talking about Glamorous Life, how... She wrote it. Now, these things are covered in your book. And again, from your experience, what can you share about the recording of those tracks and who was there if if it can be proven that it was co-written or whatnot? Only from what you know, because I know that you we talked about before, you haven't listened to the interview, but from what you know from writing the book. First off, I love it when band members, singers, engineers talk to these things. And having an extensive interview with Apollonia at Sunset Sound is is priceless. To me, it's it's an amazing thing. Um, I haven't seen the whole thing. I have not seen the whole thing. What I can say is she was there on the dates that things are recorded. And, and so these things all time-wise work out. What I can also say is everybody around him influenced songs. Sheila influenced songs. Brenda Bennett influenced 17 Days. Um, uh, Susanna Malvoin, tons of songs. Uh, Wendy and Lisa, tons of songs. It's not far-fetched at all to think that that uh, Apollonia gave him ideas. And Mr. Happy Birthday, Mr. Christian is a perfect example of this. That's a song. That's a story based on on. That's a song based on a story that she gave him. Is a story about a, a teacher that she had when when uh, she was in school when she was younger. So it's not far-fetched to think that she or anybody else gave him phrases, gave him a joke, gave him an idea and was involved. I don't know what, how you 
it's, it's, it's undeniable that that and that happened all through his career. Could Prince record all the stuff by himself? Yeah, of course. Could he write everything by himself? Yeah, of course. But if you're doing three songs in a day, you're going to have to feed the animal sometimes. You're going to feed this beast and and have other influences coming in. Either it's, like I said, whether it's a joke somebody told or or a, 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 just a conversation. I mean, Starfish and Coffee is based on Susanna Melvoin telling him a story about when she was young. That's how it is. When you're an artist like that, you're going to always be finding muses and influences and people talking about things. I don't think anybody's ever said they came in and they gave him that song, you know, but the idea of her influencing Manic Monday, yeah, that makes total sense to me. You know, if she's making jokes with them, when you're sitting there talking to somebody, I'll, I'll give you a great example. I did stand-up comedy for a long time. We would, I would sit around with my friends and we'd make jokes and the jokes would pile and pile and pile. We weren't keeping track of who made the best joke. It was trying to get the best series of jokes. And that's what we did. And I didn't take track of where the joke that was the best came in. It was like, I'll top you with that. I'll top you with that. It's the idea that, that Prince wasn't influenced is kind of, you know, silly. Of course he was, you know, whether it was influenced by, by Sly or influenced by Carlos Santana or influenced by anybody, he's going to have that. Uh, Andre Simone influenced him, Morris Day, Jesse Johnson, all these people influenced him. And so when people start getting Apollonia crap about this, it makes me kind of confused because I don't, I don't know what she wrote or anything like that. What I can say is she was there. And if you're there in the room, you have a lot more say in what's happening. Again, Prince could do all this stuff himself. I'm not going to take anything away from that. This is a guy that was different than anybody else out there. It's just the, people around him did have an influence i mean that's just that's the bottom line and 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 i feel kind of bad that that uh you know that kind of gets um laughed off because it, it, i think that there's a lot of people and sheila sheila had a lot of things she, she would suggest things or or they'd be talking and, and all of a sudden it would turn into a, a song um you look at um uh sister fate and things like that that's the story of them i mean really many ways you know people say that you and i are going down you know, those kind of things that these are these are based on conversations, bedtime stories are based on a conversation he probably had with either Sheila or Devin DeVasquez. You know, this is right. Prince put a lot of himself into his music, but a lot of his conversations and stuff like that also ended up in his music. So I would say that it, it's, it would not be shocking to me at all whoever's saying they had this stuff. And right now people are saying, well, people are just trying to stake their claim on, on what he did. Of course, wouldn't you? If you were in the room with Prince and you gave him an idea or a, a word or a lyric, wouldn't you be like, oh, I was there. I remember that. I, I, I mentioned that to him. Of course. I mean, it's Prince. Of course, I would, I'd be telling everybody. But, you know, the, the fact that I, I don't know if I'd be able to shut up about it. You know, so I think it's kind of cool when people talk about I was there. I influenced this. You know, does it make the song any less better? No. Or less good? No. It, it, to me, right. it, it's it it it. Knowing all the things that were involved with a, with a song kind of make it more more special to me. I like going back and listening to things after I've talked to or read about Wendy and Lisa talking about, right. oh, we added this poem or we added this instrument or, you know, and we brought that to him. He's like, yeah, hey, that's great. You know, I don't think she sat – I don't think any of them sat down with him for the most part and said, okay, here's the line I was thinking. But to come up with a story or a phrase or something like that, Absolutely. I think that could have happened easily. Right. So. 
I mean, uh, but I, I think I'm I said I haven't heard the whole interview, so I can't say specifically. But it would not surprise me at all if people had influence in him. Right. They're they're saying mostly that she co-wrote it like fifty percent. But since you haven't seen the interview, that's something we won't get into too much. He would take my ideas all the time. Like I, I would put on, I would have a T-shirt made just to show, and it was actually the Prince and Apollonia that this could be us. But you playing the meme, he had someone redesign it to make it black and white and put it up as a meme and i took the meme and put it on my shirt mm. and the next tour stopped three weeks later he's selling the shirt now that's like what dave Chappelle said uh, it's Je jedi mind tricks well, am i supposed to go after him for me wearing him on my shirt than him taking the idea no now another thing that i want to get onto, and what i love because i love to have sheila on my show and i love sheila because sure. way there isn't this fight going on if she would talk to myself or even you for the book, that more stuff would be clear so you're not hearing one side of stuff. So if there, if people are upset, we need Sheila. Like I said, I'd love to have her on my show. I'd love her to be part of your book because her story is important. You know, she- Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to I make sure I, I explain something else. There are times in my books that there's contradictions. Where one person says something in the first book, Sheila said something, and, John, and Jesse says another thing. I put them both in there because I wasn't there. I have a people that get upset that I use the quotes from the people that were there too often, and I think that's it's kind of a funny thing because who else is going to know what happened other than the people that were in the room? You use as many quotes by Prince as you can, but you have to rely on the people that were there. I, I have been on several things where I'm like, I, I did a. Um, one of my first jobs in Los Angeles, I happen to be lucky to work in as a, a runner. A runner is a person that delivers contracts and things like this. And one of the first gigs I ever had to do, I, I was delivering a contract to somebody's house. Um, and I'm not trying to drop names here, but this is part of the story. I, I was dropping a contract off to Sammy Davis Jr.'s house. And the company I was working for said, can you come in? We're doing a, a rehearsal with Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, and Dean Martin. And I'm like, okay. And so I was in there and they needed... The only reason because one of them wouldn't wear a, a microphone. So I had to hold what they call a boom mic at, the, at their feet. Literally, they're sitting on the couch, Sam, uh, Frank, Sammy, Dean, and I'm on the floor with a boom mic pointing at them. I get to hear things. Now, I didn't influence what they're talking about, but I get to hear things and see things that nobody else could know. And it's everybody else that wasn't in the room would be just speculating. But I could say, this is what happened with this. This is what happened with that. So I knew some things. I've never talked much about it, but people that are in the room have are privy to information and and situations and so you sit there going okay how do, how does that happen well the people that were there know more than i do and so i kind of have to take their word as much as i can as long as it doesn't contradict with the dates i've gone i've learned from other things and if it does i go back to them and say wait a second it looks like this might have happened in uh, at the end of uh, i'll give a great example um uh what song was it the latter in the first book Ladder was always assumed to be recorded at the end of December, right before Christmas. And I started looking at the dates and I went, this doesn't make sense. And I reached out to Susan Rogers and I said, look, could it have happened at the end of the uh, Purple Rain rehearsals before the tour started? And she goes, hmm, that also happened in Minneapolis. Yeah. And we looked and we realized it was. And so right. it changed what we knew about the dates. It made it a month earlier, a month and a half earlier, really. And you just go, oh, oh, okay. You start to put all this stuff in context and, and it does change the information you have. And that's kind of the fun thing to me is when you start to unlock doors you didn't know existed. And so that's um, 
that's kind of fun. Oh, and and just so you know, that 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 Sam and Eve, Sam and Dean and Frank thing was I worked there the one day, one day, and that was it. But it was yeah, honestly to be able to say I was working at the feet of the masters, and at the time, literally they're legends. Seriously, you you don't get bigger than than those three. And but it was their first rehearsal for their final tour together, and it was at Sammy Davis Jr.'s house. And I was like, this is what a cool day that was. Now they, these people I've interviewed for the book had those cool days every day. <laughs> every day they were having these. Mine is just one day, and I just happened to stumble on like a yucca putz. You know, oh, you need me? Oh, sure. But every day these people, and and the other thing is, if you work with somebody in the studio, Prince, for that long, you're gonna have you. Uh, let's say you work with them for three years, you're not going to remember every specific day. And then sometimes this day blends into this day and you forget where things happened. So often I would say, look, according to this, and this is your handwriting on the document. So they go, Oh, okay, you're right. And, and so that's part of the revelation you get from these kind of projects is, is putting things in context, realizing where things were happened. Cause I've always, you know, several things have been told this happened, this happened. And then to find out later, no, it didn't, not at all. And, and, and it's been reported, you know, for years and you go, oh, well, I've solved that one. There's a, another one in the book. Sorry if I'm talking too much, um, nope. uh, but uh, just wind me up and let me go. Um, but there's a great one in, in the book that uh, Prince had always said that electric intercourse, not electric, uh, um, dance electric was given to Andre. He said he saw him in a nightclub and he said, I went up and grabbed him by the lapels and said, I got this great song for you. And, and uh, so I asked Andre, is that? Is that true? And Andre's comment was, well, first off, nobody grabs him by the lapels. <laughs> doesn't, that doesn't happen. You know, and, and you just go, yeah, you know, that's right. I don't think he would let that. He said, so nobody, nobody does that. Nobody takes my instrument out of my hand. And you go, and it's kind of cool to have Prince's words. And then the guy that was in the story going, you know, you know that's more of Prince being excited about that story, but not, you know, and so you kind of have to find ways to, collect the truth and, and, but it, it, make sure everybody's voice is heard. I mean, cause Prince's quote is still in there, but then it's, it's, uh, it's mentioned by, um, by Andre, what, what really happened when he remembers. And here's the other thing, this stuff happened 30 some odd years ago. When you were trying to remember, remember something from 30 years ago, it's like waking up from a dream. Sometimes it's a little fleeting. Sometimes it, and, and so, you may listen to music and you go, oh, that reminds me or that or hear a story. And you go, oh, that makes me remember this. Right. So there's you try to put all the context in for the information and, and you hope it all works the way it's supposed to. That's, right. you know, how. I want to touch base on Sinatra. I'll say this because in 2013, because I, I was mentioning Sinatra being on my show and talking about how it needs to have books this summer. because Sinatra's. Would be from 1920 to 1954, right around from here to eternity when he won the Oscar. That's so, what the books were. Yeah. The best book of his is like that. Yeah. But there was more. And I kept mentioning that. So the next time that Prince flew me out to Paisley, he says, we need to write a book. And he's all like, all these people talking about what happened in the studio and I was there. And I thought, and I'm going to say I have tremendous guilt over this because I thought we had a lot of time. I thought he talked about the idea. I didn't know. I should have been like, give me a note, that notepad over there. Give it to me right now. Let me start taking notes. So I have deep regret over that. Now, that's my whole thing with it. Now, let me bring in with Sinatra because Wally would talk about how Prince would like watch old movies and get inspired by stuff. And I know that he would say Sinatra is his dad's stuff. But get this, okay? The Sinatra movie, Hole in the Head. 
The week that Prince passed, he put up Black Sweat as the purple pick of the week on title. And the photo that he used was of Edward G. Robinson. Oh, see you wise. See you wise. He was in a hole in the head, a hole in the head, this Sinatra movie. Now, the reason I bring this up is not only the of that guy, but in the movie, Prince is telling a girl, Oh, you don't need you don't need that. You need another lover like you need a hole in the head. And then twice in the movie, he's like, it's all about love. It's right there. It's in the morning papers. Wow. So three things in one Sinatra movie. And he would Wally would talk about him getting inspired by old movies. So 100%. I don't know back then if it was KTLA showing old movies with that guy who would have the Popeye. Sure. Or if there was an AMC stuff that had marathons back then before there was an AMC movie channel. But it's obvious that those things came like, I'm just curious. That's why I'm saying I'd love for you to do the 90s as well, because I'd like to figure out what was going on when the morning papers was written. And not only that, I constantly go back and read controversy magazines and uptown magazines, which we were both fortunate to be a part of. When I go, I go there every two years. There was a track in 1987 that controversy report on. They had it in early 88. So it means in 87 it was it was recorded called Hot Summer. Right. We have Welcome to America coming out. And of mm -hmm. course, in 2010, there was Hot Summer. Right. But we don't know yet if that is the same version that existed from 1987. Or do you know something that I you don't, Actually, I don't know that one. Sorry, okay. That one. It'd be um, you know, it's interesting. But you, you'd, fle you'd flexed your Los Angeles muscle with everything saying the uh, KTLA thing. KTLA, for anybody who doesn't understand, is a local station in Los Angeles that, that would show this kind of stuff. But then you said Popeye cartoons made me laugh. Did you yes. know who you're yes. Yes, of course, of course. Um, I'm looking at some of the notes. Arlene, he was listening all the time. Prince was constantly listening. If you're going to be putting out, you've got to be taking in. And that's whether it was uh, somebody making a joke like uh, in, in Vicky Waiting, you know, there's that joke there. Somebody, you know, would tell this uh, or nicknames for people or whatever it was. He was constantly listening, constantly finding something. But that's part of what a musician does is they're listening to everything around them. His jams were about him listening, but his band's also listening to him and that 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 way that worked together. Um, and there's another know, question for you from John. Sorry. What's that? What's that? I'm sorry. What does it say? Um, and he actually, Prince kept flying to L.A. to work at Sunset even after he got his full studio at his house. Wow, the hustle. Prince was always hustling. Yes, exactly. I think that Prince got bored in any one location after a while, for one. Second off. No matter what he had in, in, in Minneapolis, Sunset Sound is a professional recording studio. And once he had Paisley, he stopped doing that as much. When, Paisley was basically him trying to make Sunset Sound in Minneapolis. He, he had the same designers do things that would, would create that same place. Um, there's also business meetings. Los Angeles is where the, the, um, the lawyers were. It's where Paisley Park Records was based. It, all this stuff was there. It's where Warner Brothers was. It's also California. You know, it, it, Minneapolis gets cold. You know, <laughs> and, and we, loved, we loved Chanheezy, but at that time, there oh, was nothing. nothing there was nothing. Cowfields. Perkins, no Target. No, exactly. Yeah. So you've got to understand, and, and that's it when he had Paisley Park. But even right. before that, it, it, he didn't have the place that, that Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is a fun place. If you're a young guy, I would go to Los Angeles, especially if you have access to it. Yeah, sure. Of course you go back and forth. And also there's probably ladies he'd like to see there or friends or whatever it was. There's, there's bound to have been things in Los, Los Angeles is a big hub. Minneapolis is a small hub. I get it. You recharge your batteries there, 
but it's fun to go out to a nightclub in Los Angeles when you're that age. It's fun to do this stuff and to also be connected with the vibe of the day. You go out there, you're meeting other celebrities, you're going to parties, you're doing this stuff. It makes total sense that he pop back and forth. If I could pop back and forth all the time, I would too. So, and he did, he had, I don't know if you know this, he had a little money and, and uh, he could do that kind of stuff. You know, so the, the things Prince did were not what we could do. He had access to things and ideas and abilities to travel in ways that we, we you know. Plus, you know, we did you see Devin DeVasquez in 85, 86, how she looked? Anyway. There you are. There you are. There you are. And, and uh, just so you know, Devin DeVasquez, if those who don't know, was a, a playmate, a playboy uh, bunny, and he was kind of seeing her for a little bit. And so she tells her story in the book about how she influenced certain songs, whether it's, you know, Bedtime Story or Adore or things like that, and tells her story and how they relate to his lyrics. And again, that's a great example of, of people that are around him influencing him. And I'm not trying to psychoanalyze somebody for the lyrics. I'm just pointing out what I see and what might be the possibility and what people who were there tell me. Um, Sometimes, sometimes you go, oh, wait, he's talking about this and he does this. Like you said, movies he sees, things he, he, he hears in a movie. God, he was a sponge. And I think that you can't not be a sponge and do the amount of work he did. But sometimes the sponge has to absorb. Sometimes the sponge has to be wrung out. And Isn't when he, thing, though, like he would go to a movie, all right, I need some time off. And then he'd see a movie like, all right, I got to get back in there. I right, just, right. I that's, that's the crazy thing is this guy was – you know, even when he's on vacation, was never not working. He was always, always processing things, filing it in his head, filing it in a um, notebook. You know, that's that's how it works with something like that. If you're recording for all the projects he did in in the, the first book, I'm sorry if I talk so fast. You know, I I, I get so excited about this stuff. Um, hey. the, in the first book, in the end of in '84, the beginning of the first book, he recorded stuff for the Time Ice Cream Castle, the entire Apollonia Six album, basically. Uh, the rest of Purple Rain, which is two songs remaining from that, um, the Family Album stuff for uh, you know all these different bands, uh, Stevie, all this within five six months, and that's that's several albums of stuff in a few months. Nobody does that, and and the and to make his own competition, that's crazy. What right. what kind of knucklehead makes his own competition that might keep him out of number one? You know, uh, yeah, it upped his game, but man, that's Isn't a guy that yes. Yeah. Thank you, Andre, for saying I'm doing fine. Thank you. I was worried. Just now, terrible. here's the thing. All right, get this. So I believe that Devin DeVasquez lived in North Hollywood at that time when that stuff was going on. I would say Vantage Avenue. I'm not the reason I, I know, know I don't know. I don't know. The reason I'll say that is is that um I lived at a group home on that street when I was around 16. And then there was this desk in the garage. And I went, well, I want this garage. I want this desk in my bedroom. So I went through the desk. There was a bunch of crap in it. There was a Prince pin from the Dirty Mind era that hmm. said Prince. And it was just like the Rude Boy thing. But here's another thing. There was a Playboy coin on there. Hmm. The Playboy symbol. It was a token because I believe at that time they had the things at the Playboy Mansion and said, this coin exclusively made for... And then the middle of it, it said Prince. And I have that coin. Wow. Like well, the Playboy someone, all this stuff. I just wonder how the heck that came in my possession. Wow, that's crazy. I've never actually seen a Playboy magazine, but I've heard there's articles and, and stuff like they that. They are actually really good articles. A, an ex-girlfriend got mad at me because I had a Playboy collection from 1965 through 2007. No more. 
only the celebrity issues. But then she read a few after getting mad at me, and she's like, "You're right. There are really good articles." I actually, I'll tell you something. I read. I remember Jimmy Jimmy Carter did an interview with them years. You know, obviously, early as I read that, my my dad let me read that, um, and I, I of course did not look at any of the other pages. I can't say the same. <laughs> very 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 sure I didn't. So no, I I think of Devin Davaskis is a real sweet person, and and was very open about what was going on at the time. And I try not, in the book, I really try not to talk about <clears throat> rumors or or innuendo or or dirty laundry. My thought is if this is something that happened that influenced the music, that's something. But I don't wanna have it just be a bunch of of, of stories about you know him being a jerk. Yeah, of course, sometimes he was kind of a brat. That happens. But did it, how did that influence the music or the band together? That's important to me. I want to see it in a historical context. I don't want to. I don't want to read. But I like Prince. I want to do something out of respectful. If I've read books that are gone, yeah, that's that's. I don't want to read that. I I I've, I've read books about some people and going. You know what? This is their business. I don't. I don't really want to get into that. If it affects the music and the um, what I like about the stuff, I am curious. I want to know. I, I like going back to the music after I've read about it and going. Oh, oh, that's kind of cool. That's fun to me. And I think that most people are like that. They don't want to, I don't want to get into his bedroom. I don't, you know, that what he did in his bedroom was his own thing. And, 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 uh, but I, what he did in the studio is, is what he presented to us as fans. The music is what he gave us. If we can understand the music better, we understand him better. And I think that there's something about putting his life in context with his music and the lyrics that makes the music that much more profound. And I, anything I can do to make people look into his music again or seek out music they may have missed or dust off their old album and take a listen to it, I love doing that. And it's a small thing I do, but it's kind of cool to know that people are going back and going, oh my God, I've never heard that part of the song. Now I listen to it and go, oh, now I can't not hear that part. And that's, that's fun to me. Now, let me ask you this, because every time I would try to credit Susanna with being the inspiration for a song. Mm -hmm. I get a text from whoever was Prince's manager at the time. <laughs> Would you tell Doc to stop saying that this song was written about Susanna? In fact, no song was written about Susanna. And my response was, okay, then who is Susanna's pajamas? Written exactly. About? Susanna's blues. Exactly. Why, why do you think he did that and was trying oh, to eliminate her? This is this is well, this is again me just talking and and nobody's listening to us are they it's just us um what what i think is at times prince could be a little bit of a of a brat i mean that's susan rogers had called him that and said this is a guy that had the world and and he did a uh a, a interview one time where he's saying and uh, i remember that was my man my first manager but i don't remember his name and i'm thinking you you do remember his name what are you talking about he, he got you know that kind of stuff. He would do that kind of stuff. If he's having a bad day or something, he didn't talk about it. He'd throw some shade. The book is filled with places where he's throwing shade at the revolution or Paul Peterson or Morris Day. He spoke through his music and, and I don't think he really always enjoyed the, the interviews he did, but you could hear that he was playfully throwing shade at somebody. And uh, I think in his mind, maybe he didn't record this about Suzanne and that's fine. Uh, it makes sense. But Sometimes your influences come from places you don't even realize. I mean, I'm writing things. I'm going, you know what? Now that I see this in context, this is like that. Or, or I remember when I used to write songs, I'd go, oh, that's influenced by this. And I didn't even realize that. And, and I think sometimes 
I don't know whether um, he was trying to throw us off the track or whether he was just trying to be playfully, you know, mischievous. I don't know. But I, I, I know he – you look at a lot of songs on Sign of the Times. He either wrote them about her or she was in, influencing some of the stuff. You know, he was in love with her. He was engaged to her. You, you don't – I'm married. If I was going to write songs, I'd be writing about my wife. And, and if that's the way it is. Even if, if I had a sign about fighting, it would probably be based on a day my wife and I had an argument. Not that we ever have. Just saying, you know. But you know what I mean. It's uh, that you can't not write about your life in your songs. You have right. to. There's there's parts of you, especially if you're writing that many songs, you're going to have elements of your life in there. And that's the nice thing about Prince is not only are we seeing what he was thinking that day, but since he's doing two or three songs in a day, you can see what he's doing about that hour. And that's that's interesting because some artists take a week to write a song. So you go, oh, they must've been grumpy that week. Right. You can look at Prince and say, and literally in the book, you'll see, oh, he was happy at the morning. Oh, wait, he seemed to be having a bad afternoon, but he seemed to resolve itself at the night. And that's, that's kind of fun to look at that. And that's, that's human, very human. And I think, I think the other thing is, is hearing about what he did humanizes him because we got the image of what he was, which was, um, yeah, Tim, that's right. The Larry King interview. Thank you. Um, we got the image of what he wanted us to see, but his lyrics revealed things that he may not have really intended for us to see and, and, and uh, recognize. And I think that's part of the fun of, of uh, being able to look at things in context and, and through what the people who were around him said. Um, there's a great story about Splash in there where he uh, – he, um, I'll, I'll give it away. I don't care. Um, uh, he was, he was, I know, I know, I know, but I don't care. Go ahead. My, Go ahead. My, th my, th my thought is if you're not going to read the book because I gave you away a story, then you're not going to read the book. I, I expect a lot of the people here are probably going to read the book. And I want to tell you some of the fun things, but in the song splash, he was um, one of the lyrics is, um, was it uh wintergreen something? And, and he realized, uh, uh, Susan Rogers realized, Hey, I have wintergreen mints in my purse. You, you looked in my purse. And and then you hear uh, Wendy saying, "Yeah, that's something that uh, Prince would do. <laughs> he would be doing that, looking through a person's notebook, like Jill says, or things like this." And then Lee, uh, I think Lisa says, "Yeah, we were trying to sing it. We were singing it like as a gum commercial." And he's like, "Shut up and just do the song right." And I think that to me is the fun thing when you realize these people had personalities that they loved each other and they enjoyed each other and they laughed and they gave each other crap and that this is the stuff you don't see. You know, we were told that, you know, according to the movie Purple Rain, the girls never got along with Prince. They always had this conflict. And that's not true. They loved each other. They loved each other dearly. And and when they hear, when you hear one of them saying, yeah, I got mad at him. Well, you get mad at family members. I get mad at friends. I get mad at, at uh, you know, I had ex-girlfriends that I used to get mad at. But you still have to be so close. And that's, that's how it works. And I think that that understanding that it wasn't just somebody saying one thing. This is the whole, uh, the whole story. It's gonna be good days. It's gonna be bad days. It's gonna be fantastic days, and there's gonna be days going. I, I have no idea what's gonna happen. That's just life, man. So, now speaking of the revolution, so here we are. When we were younger, or these other things, we didn't exactly know why they broke up. And now this book is a very detailed story. And what I was talking about before, and why I believe that kind of happened like this is like you had vanity leave and he had no control over that. If he had Morris leave 
before they could, if they want to do a triple threat tour with Apollonia, that wasn't on the table because Morris already left the time. And then you have Paul leave the family. Now you have three people. He was, I think he was already pissed after Vanity and now he was going to control it, you know? And that, and do you feel the same way? And that's why with the revolution, when they were I think yeah. or more stuff, he was ending it before they had a chance in his mind, and maybe have ended it prematurely for that. I think so. I think it's it's a it, it, um, there's any relationship breaks up. There's going to be a thousand reasons. Period. You don't just say that one day was the only reason we've ever fought. I'm done. Mm -hmm. Financial issues, spending time with somebody altogether. But you're right. You have a series of people that are leaving you without. He didn't break up the time. Time broke up because Morris left and Jesse left. Family broke up because Paul left. Vanity Six broke up because Vanity left. That's just each print out of Prince's influence. And even if you try to get Morris back or try to get Paul back, it just didn't happen. So when there's the threat of Wendy or Lisa or the band leaving, of course they're going to be, um, he's going to say, no, I'm going to break this up before you. I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. I'm not going to be vulnerable. I've already been vulnerable. I'm not going to be that again. And it's a natural evolution, the evolution of the revolution. Um, it's it, looking back in hindsight, they say in, in, when you look back at your life, you can't see it going forward. You can only see the things going backwards. And I think that looking at the breakup of the revolution, it makes sense at that time because sign of the times was so different than revolution. Could the revolution have done a great sign of the times? Of course they could. Revolution kicked ass. Could they have done this? Yeah. Did he want them to? No. You were on stage with Prince if he wanted you on stage. You were in the studio with him if you wanted him in the studio. If he didn't want to be vulnerable with you or, or didn't think you were should be there, you weren't. Period. You know, people complained about, you know, having Wally and, and Jerome and stuff on stage, but this is what Prince wanted. Prince wanted these guys on stage with him parade for the parade tour. Mm -hmm. You know, if you got a beef with that, talk to Prince. You know, and and that's the that's the image he wanted at the time. He wanted these guys. And then with Sign of the Times, he wanted this new band that was kind of a party band. And were they talented? Absolutely. Are they a different talent than the revolution? Probably. Are we fond of the revolution because of Purple Rain? Yeah, I would say. But these were characters we knew, people we knew. We knew Wendy and Lisa and to the point where some people didn't know who Wendy was and who Lisa was. And they'd say, hey, Wendy and Lisa. You know, and, and I think one of them said that in an interview. We just knew these people. And it hurt some of us because we weren't quite ready to release them. But like anybody going through a, a good divorce, when you're on the outside, you can't always see why the reasons are. If you have a friend that said, my parents are divorcing, boy, they always seem to get along. Yeah, that's how we saw it. But there obviously were things that they had issues with. And so I, I got quotes from Wendy and Lisa and the rest of the revolution about where they were at that time. And it's kind of interesting to hear, again, in context, where they were, yeah, exactly. Cody, he wanted you on stage two times, by the way. Cody Breedlove, I saw twice on stage with Prince, once in Vegas and once in LA. I seriously thought that dude was part of the band. That's he crazy. It. He did it 11 times, I think, in total. I don't think anyone has been on stage more with Prince that wasn't oh, a full member. Cody, get Cody. It's, it's crazy. I'm just it's, you know, in the comments, this guy named Cody, he's a friend of ours. Cody was on stage, but I saw him twice. I saw him at the uh, one Vegas show, and I saw him at the May thirteenth, uh, two thousand eleven show with uh, Stevie Wonder played with himself. So it's funny. I've seen things say Prince played with Janelle Monae, Stevie Wonder, Shilly, and Cody Breedlove, and I'm like, okay, that's that's great. I, I should get that T-shirt. 
Um, but anyway, uh, I forgot what I was saying. But the bottom line is what Prince wanted, Prince got. If Prince, if you wanted, Prince wanted you in the band, he wanted you in the band. If he said, you know what, I'm not going to put up with this. I don't want to be vulnerable. He right. would do that. And I think that the revolution, they were very vocal with him. They grew up with him in many ways. So Wendy was the newest member and probably the most prominent in many ways that we saw because she was up on the front. She was in the frontier playing with him um, and very outspoken. She's still outspoken. And and I, I love that about her. You're going to get what you, you know, you're not going to get her dancing around an issue. She's going to tell you as she remembers it. And there's something charming about someone that can come right out and say, no, that's bullshit. No, this is true. And you go, okay, I, I, I want to, I want to enjoy that. I, I think that that's kind of stuff. And there's a reason why I think Wendy doesn't talk as much too. She's very selective about interviews that she does. Um, but she, when she does talk, boy, boy, it hits you. It, it's as mean and as righteous as a fist. Sometimes it'll get you. And that's what I adore. Each person I interviewed, there's a, something about them. I think is just fantastic. Each one has their angle. Each one has their memories. And, and the other thing you remember is Prince didn't necessarily tell everybody the same story just because he told this person a didn't mean he'd tell another person the same thing. He might say, Oh, I wrote this about this. And then he tells somebody else, Oh, I wrote that about that. You get these people together and go, wait, there's conflict here. That's part of the, of the, the fun of Prince is he would do that. And I think he tried to get conflict in the, people around him at times because he thought that this was up their game. He'd say, you know, Sheila's right on your butt doing this stuff. And, and they go, Whoa, he thought they would go, Oh, I better, I better sit up straight, you know? And, and I think that sometimes that's influential and sometimes it's, it's, it works against you. But I think he, that's how he, he looked at Michael Jackson. Oh shoot. You know, I got to make sure I, I, I do this better. But at the same time, he would do that to the people around him. You know, so-and-so worked 36 hours the other day. I don't know if you're going to do that. You know, and and pit people you know. against each other. One oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 I think that something we didn't always see, but hearing firsthand about what they uh, what they went through and what they did is really helpful to understand in context. I, I you can't have a book like this that doesn't get as many perspectives as you you can. I enjoy the the books by different people, but to me, it's fun hearing a book that covers all the different ranges of, of voices and stuff. And because like I said, Prince wasn't the same person he was around Sheila as he was around Susan Rogers, as he was around Wendy and Lisa, as he was around Bound Mark. There's, there's conflicts and jokes and things like that. Just like we all are. I'm different by my wife than I am around you. I'm different around my sister than I am around uh, my college best friend. That's how people are. Right. And, and, and that's, you know, there's a movie called uh, Rashomon and Rashomon is a, a, a Japanese movie about a crime that happens that is seen from all the different angles. And these angles don't always sink. And I think that's what life is like. It's like Citizen Kane is about a guy that dies and they go back and interview the people around him and they all have stories that are different. Oh, he's an angel. Oh, he was the devil. And I think that's what's uh, valuable about getting different perspectives in a book. Right. I hope. Now I saw someone mention it before and I do feel this way. I think the revolution oh. wishes that they could have been around him, like how it was with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You know? I wouldn't it wouldn't have been great though if he had brought the revolution back and played a final tour with him, or or knowing that the parade tour was the final tour. But right. Bruce Springsteen broke up the E Street Band, but then eventually he said, "You know what? I'm going to bring them back into the fold. I've got we've all grown." And Prince even said, "I'll bring these guys back, and and we'll all have grown, you know, and and 
but it never happened. And and maybe that would have happened if he continued. I don't know. But right. it, it's just – and he played with each one of them at one point later. Every one of them in the revolution got played with them at least one time in some form. But they never all got back on stage again. Right. And it's kind of sad because if you've seen the revolution play now, you know, pre-pandemic and post-pandemic hopefully, they kick ass. I mean I saw them several times and they just – they are amazing. And if you watch the – um that uh, Grammy special and they did, you know, Purple Rain with Mavis Staples and you hear Wendy shredding and you do tears in your eyes because it's so good. And then the same way with you, you listen to what Lisa can bring to the table. You listen to what Bobby brings in and, and Brown Mark and think, God, this guy's good. That said, you listen to what Bonnie did. You listen to what Levi did. He didn't have slackers on stage with him. He didn't. So he's going to bring the people that, brought his vision out best. And and even look at the at the time and things like that. They're all great musicians. You can't you can't be in his circle and not keep up. Period. Or you you you're you're out. And I talk about that in the book. There's several people he brought in. He's like, "Okay, let's see if they work." And not, they didn't always work. And that's that's just how it was. This guy was so good. He had the he could pick and choose who he had. And you join his band, you're not going to leave his band. Uh, you're not gonna. You're gonna be better when you leave his band, because right. that's he's gonna he's gonna drill. This is how you do it, and what a lesson you know for anybody in in music. So, and I was fortunate. Aside from Lisa and Bobby, I was fortunate to see all them play together at one point. Especially Wendy, when um, doing Twenty One Nights in L.A. at the Roosevelt. <laughs> excuse me, two thousand seven, because apparently when they were going to go to the O2 shows, it was going to be an acoustic set with him and Wendy. Oh, wow. Testing it out at the Roosevelt. It was 45 minutes of just him and Wendy. And they did girl. Mm. Hey, can can you give me a minute? I want to talk about this girl and went straight into it. I mean, the set list was absolutely ridiculous of what they did. And then talking about, we'll bring stuff back like for the tears in your eyes and what Susan Rogers was able to bring to it about we really were doing what USA for Africa and we are the world. Like they had the catered meal. All we had was a freaking warm piece of bologna and a warm soda. And we were recording this song in a freaking truck. Right. Yeah. It's true. Impressive. Yeah. No. And you, when you look at what he did, when he recorded uh, that song, it really, you put it in context of uh, what Susan Rogers said. He was in an empty arena and recording on his one day off and on a mega tour, the biggest tour of the year. And he's alone in an arena and he had nothing to eat. They got a warm soda and, and uh, a couple of pieces of cold cuts and some stale bread probably. And, and he ate that. He was happy to eat this. This is back when he's eating meat. Um, but you, you, you look at the, the, the amount of work that he did and the sacrifices he did to do that. That's how, when you picture the USA for Africa going is, yeah, it's about feeding the hungry. They had all kinds of food, and he, you know, but mm-hmm. They did a good job with that, though. I mean, you know, the, I, I I can't fault a bunch of musicians who show up after an award so wanting to have a sandwich. You know, I, I, I don't I think I'm pretty happy they recorded and gave their time for that. You know, so. And speaking of recording and other artists, you know, um, <coughs> Kenny Rogers was given You're My Love, mm-hmm. but it wasn't his first choice, correct? Uh, I'm trying to remember what would uh, remind me. Wasn't it Pardon or something, something like that, where there was a song in mind for Dolly? Oh well, that came later. Dolly's uh, song was "Rescue Me," uh, an old song that uh, he was doing. He was doing a cover. Um, Now I know where you're going with this. 
um, uh, he did a cover of Rescue Me, um, and it was an older song. And and uh, he said, no, yeah, exactly, man. What the heck? Um, anyway, uh, he was he recorded, didn't even know the song, he didn't remember it. He actually sent somebody out to get the uh, CD or album of that so he can remember how it was. I guess it would be album at the time or tape. Um, but he did the song and he wanted to give it to Dolly Parton and I don't think she ever recorded it. But it's crazy that he would record a cover to give to Dolly Parton. I think he was trying to get her to so he could produce her album. I think right. that's what it was. But it was like it never went anywhere and the song was never released. And it's kind of fun to know that he did. Um, I think he realized the money that could be into writing for other people. And that's the other thing is, you know, this there's going to be a bunch of money publishing for that kind of stuff, whether it's the Bangles or Stevie Nicks or whoever he wrote songs for, giving them to Joyce Kennedy. You know, he knew that there was a, um, a financial side to this, just the same way releasing a B side, you know, putting a, putting an obscure song on the B side, he's going to get as much money as the B side makes as the A side makes. That's the thing. A lot of people don't realize is if he put like, she's always in my hair on the B side, it might not be on the album, but he's going to get residuals for all the publishing that the A side gets because they both sold. So he's going to get a stack of money for a song that was never on an album. What he would do sometimes though, is he would sometimes let the other people record a song. Sheila recorded songs on the B side that were for her thing for a little extra walking around money, you know, and, and, and that's, it wasn't cheap. You got a lot of money. Sometimes if the song was a hit, you could bake, you could buy a house, you know, um, right. and, and not just a, a bologna sandwich with a old uh, stale Coke. You could get a lot of food out of this. And I think that's what he would do to some people. Sheila had several songs that she would do, you know, that Prince would say, well, you know, that doesn't really fit on the album. Let's put that on the B side. And I think that he did that with other songs too. And it's kind of fun to see what, where a B side Good Back to the day, that's when B sides were such a cool thing. I mean, I, I assume most of you knew this when you get the 45 and you're like, I've never heard of this song. Oh, you know, and you put it on, you on most of the time it's pretty cool. I mean, think of his B sides, erotic city, 17 days. She's always in my hair. Alexa, yeah, there's, there's songs on these things that are as good as most people's albums, and they're just like, <laughs> you know, yeah, throw away. And and you're going, damn, this guy. I mean, the things he had, even his throwaway stuff, throwaway stuff, was better than most people's material, a, a material. Right. And and you just, go, how come that didn't have an album? Well, it didn't fit. Okay, that, that's crazy. That's just nuts. So maybe, maybe if he would have gave Dolly Parton sugar walls or emotional. <laughs> yeah, those would be great. Those would be, I think she would do very well with this. It's, it's funny. I like Joni Mitchell, but emotional pump is not a Joni Mitchell song. And yet he thought that this is, this would be a good Joni Mitchell song. And you're going, Oh, and even she goes, mm, no. And, and it's fun to hear Joni Mitchell talking about that, you know, cause she, you know, I didn't interview her personally, but I found uh, her, talking about this stuff and her talking about that going, that doesn't really sound like something I would record. It's going to be a hit for somebody else, not me. And, and I love hearing from the people that were there. I always love that. Whether it's a historical novel, uh, biography documentary, I love hearing from the, the people there. I watched a documentary, like a 19 hour documentary about the Vietnam war. And they interviewed the soldiers that were there and interviewed the people that were there on both sides. And you're going, God, that's so cool to hear how the things that I couldn't understand, the things I couldn't be. And I used to make documentaries for a living. So when I do a book like this, I'm thinking in terms of how to structure the story and how to have the different voices telling the story and how little I want to be in the book. 
I don't want my words in the book as much as possible. I want my shuffling and stuff like this to be there, but I don't need to have me saying things. I'd rather have paragraph to paragraph to paragraph of people saying what happened as opposed to me, you know, throwing a couple words in there. You know, right. that's, it's a better, it's better. I would rather hear Susan Rogers or Peggy McCreary or Coke Johnson talking about what a session was like than having me saying, well, this is how it was, you know, I tell you, you see, it's like this. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> show. yeah. I'd, I'd rather hear them. And nobody does that. And nobody does that. You know, it's a little bit of Edward G. Robinson there and, and, yeah. and some studio executive. <laughs> yeah. I see, this is how I do the stuff. And Prince was so smart, especially the Kenny Rogers stuff, because at that time, not a lot of people know, but Jeffrey Osborne and other people were writing Kenny's and Dolly's and other songs, other country songs were written, being written by R&B artists, Jeffrey Osborne. Right, right. Stuff. It's just crazy. So Prince was like, give me some of that country music money. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, somebody asked me, they said, I met Joni Mitchell. I did not interview Joni Mitchell. The Joni Mitchell quotes were from something else she had said somewhere else. So, no, I don't want to. I don't want to act like I've, I've met her. I was from somewhere else. What I do make sure is when I use a quote from somebody else, again, in the book, I try to make sure that I say where the, I, no, I don't just try to make sure. I really make sure that you know where these quotes came from. Because a lot of writers will will write a book and not reference where they got this information from. Right. And you're going, wait, you interviewed all these people? And they're going, oh, no, I actually didn't interview anybody. Um, I want to make sure that if, I try to get as much firsthand information from myself through these people, I, I've interviewed every one of these people, everyone in the revolution, pretty much everybody in the family, except for Jerome, which I ended up using quotes from Jerome from your interviews. Thank you, sir. Um, and uh, I know Jerome, Jerome's a good guy. You introduced me to Jerome basically. And so thank you again. Um, I just, I never interviewed Jerome. He's a, he's a really good guy. I just, it has, I hope to do it in the future. Um, but everybody in Apollonia six, including Susan Muncy, um, which was a, a, an amazing thing because Apollonia had introduced me to Susan Muncy and she said, Oh yes, I'll talk to you. Um, that kind of stuff. And every engineer and every singer and, you know, whether it's Jill Jones or Apollonia or Brenda Bennett or, you know, whoever it is that was around, I try to get all those things in there when I can't get somebody, uh, Sheila or, or quotes by, um, um, people that I've interviewed, I will note where they came from because I want to make sure that your show gets referenced. Uh, this book gets referenced, whatever it is. I love you guys to go back and get, you know, I thank you in the book because of the stuff I've gotten from you. Right. I want to make sure the people that have done podcasts, we, the Prince community has such an amazing level of podcasts and the people like you uh, that do this stuff, you guys research this. So you guys do a lot of the heavy lifting, I still transcribe almost every interview I found out there because I want to know what quotes and what these people have to say. Right. They're going to open up to you in a way they might not open up to somebody else or each person has their relationship with these people. So right. it's, it's, I, I want people to go to the back of the book and go, oh, this was done by Michael Dean. Oh, this was done by this person. You know, I want people to seek that stuff out. Look it up online. Look that magazine article up online. That to me is the most fun is um, is knowing that there's a, a reference library of stuff out there. And if you like what you're reading, go find more of it. It's there. And, <clears throat> and, and also check in to make sure I'm doing it accurate. <laughs> you right. know? So that's the other thing. So. Dean, myself, D'Angela, a bunch of us are, you absolutely, know, absolutely. help with putting this book together. Now to go on to um, something else that I want to talk about, because every time I'm in my car and I have someone there with me, it isn't all the time. When it comes on, regardless of what song it is, whether it's You Gotta Shake Something or James White and the Blacks, 
or it's not, I guess, the flesh. Flash. Hmm. Let's talk. Who, who was that? Because exactly because I personally feel what I would love, and this is not, I'm just putting it out there in the universe. I would love for this eventually one day to get a standalone release because mm -hmm. as I said, these are people that are casual fans going, what the heck is this? Oh yeah. This oh, yeah. Badass. Right. Oh yeah. Let's talk well, about the, uh, the, the flesh is an amazing project because he did some covers. He did a, a Hendrix cover in there for Villanova junction, um, did a bunch of other stuff, did some of his own songs. It was a jam. And the jam was with him and Sheila and Levi and Eric Leeds and sometimes uh, uh, Wendy and Lisa and sometimes Jonathan Malvoin, bunch of different. And it was, you know, the cool thing about the jam is, is uh, Eric talks about this. First off, Eric Leeds is amazing. I, I will tell you the, the interviews, if you ever find interviews with him, soak that up like a biscuit because this stuff is great. He will talk about dates and, and sessions and the things he, and the nice thing about Eric is he's not going to slobber love all over something because it, you know, he will say, you know, I didn't like that song. Or I didn't like that project, but here's the details about it. And that, you got to respect that man. And, and I love that about him. Um, but he, and those guys were just jamming and just, and then he said to Eric, put this together as an album, uh, the flesh. And so he did, he would put that together and, and I document the dates that he's in the studio, putting this stuff together how fun is that to hear the guy that Prince said, oh, put this album together and then it never came out. And I would love to hear that come out. You know, that could come out with a, either by itself or as part of a Madhouse package. You know, it's, it's, it would be because Madhouse was really, it's like the flesh kind of set up Madhouse a little bit. But I think what the deal was is the flesh was so loose. He said, you know what? I can control this a little bit more with Madhouse doing this tight jazz thing with just me and Eric. And, and so all the instrumental stuff in that period are great to me. I, I love the family because you got yes and you got that kind of stuff. So you have even prior precursors to Madhouse with some stuff on the family album. Right. He just, he had so much to say on so many levels. The, um, the flesh, one of the things that's interesting in this, and I've said this before, I, I feel bad when people see my interviews more than once because I don't want to be repeating myself too much, but what was cool. Hey, Violet. Um, uh, one of the cool things about this is the flesh was kind of a audition uh, for um, several people. You look at that; it was recorded the late eighty-five, early eighty-six. Like I said, Eric, Sheila, Levi, Wendy, Lisa. By the end of the year, Wendy and Lisa were gone. Levi, Sheila, and and Eric were all in the band. So it was like it was a transitional period, almost like saying, "Bring me what you can do there," you know. And 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 so he's putting people in a position where they can sink or swim. And those, they all swam. Other reasons why Lisa and Wendy weren't in later that, that's documented in the book, not related to that. Cause they could always keep up with them musically. They could always, there was never a thing about them keeping up with them. Um, but Prince was always about moving forward and finding the next thing. And so he, I think even at that point goes, you know what? Sheila's bringing something here that I wasn't getting. Eric's bringing this sound. If I bring him in fully and you see over the course of the year, he was bringing in Eric on everything. Uh, and then Levi, you know, and Levi was being recorded with Sheila. And then she, a lot of Sheila's band moved into Prince's band. Um, so it's, it's fascinating because the flesh is sort of a transitional project. I don't know if you ever intended to release it. Eric says, no, I don't know. But the fact that he spent studio time doing it, who knows, but would I like to hear that? Oh yeah. Oh my God. But then again, I'm a, I'm a nerd. And want to hear every freaking note that uh, <laughs> Ronnie was standing up. <laughs> Listen up, estate. 
Um, <laughs> that's great. Um, would I like to hear every note he ever recorded? Yeah, of course. I mean, Prince said that about James Brown. You know, said, yeah, I understand. I want to hear every note James Brown ever did. Okay. And, and we're, we're, you know, I'm assuming you raise your hand if you're a Prince nerd. You want to hear all this stuff. I love that. It's, I, I, I love, and that's why I enjoy talking to you and stuff like this. We'll, we'll, we'll nerd out for an hour or two. And that's what we're doing right now is having a big nerd off um, because it's, it's just, I could talk about this stuff all day. And I love that other people do. I love that all these people are, are listening and wanting to know more about this stuff. That's the best because it makes his music vital today. And he deserves that. People say that he was vital. And I say, no, he is vital, period. And he always will be. No. Now, another thing I want to discuss, because, you know, Madhouse came out, the flesh didn't. But when I talked with Andre before, like about the rebels, he's like, man, he was doing stuff like that so we wouldn't leave. <laughs> with Eric, maybe it first started out that way. But what I think is the reason that he allowed Eric stuff, this is just my own hypothesis on it or theory, so to speak, is that he couldn't do what Eric could do. And he that, could absolutely. I, I, no, I, Sheila did things Prince, you know, maybe could do, but she did it the way Sheila did. Eric brought saxophone to it. I think certain people did things that he, and he even said something. Lisa did certain things he couldn't do. But you get sax in there and, or, or Atlanta Bliss playing trumpet. You're doing something he can't do, and and I think that's a really important thing. Claire Fisher did stuff for him. You can look at each one of these people that kind of bent his music slightly, you know, just a little bit. Prince was always in control, and I don't ever want to convey that these people were in charge. They weren't. Prince was always the decider. But did he enlist other people to help influence the sound? Absolutely. You get, there's no denying that Eric Leeds was a very important part of his story. You can't not see that. Um, and I would say the same thing with, with Wendy and Lisa. I would say the same thing with Susanna. I would say the same thing with Sheila. That's for this era. For other areas, I'd say, yes, these people are important. You know, some people talk smack about the fact that he used rappers and stuff like that in Diamonds and Pearls in that time. That may not have been my, my thing. But this is what Prince wanted. And what Prince wanted as an artist, you know, you can, you can either choose to listen to that or say, I'll meet you on the other side, Prince. And that's good. And there's albums that I have to admit that I don't listen to as much, but there's albums of his that I go, God, we connected on that. Man, that was good. And not just because it hit a time in my life that it, it mattered, but because it, it hit me here. And I think that there's something about Prince that is, 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 that does strike you. Right. You may like a certain song. I might like a different song. We're still Prince fans. I may say your song is crap. You may say your song is crap, but we both agree that Prince did these things. And, and that's the spectrum of Prince is that he had so much. So if he had some rapping and stuff, uh, you know, and I may not have liked it, that's fine. I, there's some things I do like, but it, it's what he wanted. If he wanted to go and, and do uh, a soundtrack to Batman, okay, I will go along for the ride and see where it goes. And, and, and sometimes I may enjoy it. And some like, I didn't really enjoy, enjoy graffiti bridge, the movie that much. That's not my favorite thing by him. That said, I was there the first week. I, I own the DVD. I I, you know, I think I have it on Blu-ray probably. Wait, and so maybe 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 we're in the same theater because there were four of us in the theater. <laughs> yeah. Were you one of the probably left? I, I no no I don't think I, I was actually in Maryland when that when that came out. But I, I I went to the theater and I was like first day or two and nobody's there. I was like going oh this is not looking good. 
and 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 that was painful because we were all you know we were all excited at that point oh this is gonna be his next movie and 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 we were all waiting and now this is why i want you to get to 89 and write a book but i also do want a deluxe edition from the estate because i want the bat dance song that big daddy hayne and prince did that is still unreleased even though it's out there bootleg i do want the other mixes that william orbert did you know, aside from the future and the Vicky Vale mix and these other things. Um, it's just so interesting because I do believe, like, look, he wasn't exactly embracing rap at the beginning. Dead On It was a slam to rappers. That's when people are like, well, he embraced rap on on the Black Album. And I went, you know, he was talking the piss out of it, right? Right, exactly, exactly. That was like him doing like a Richard Pryor on stuff. Now, although that's not for me to speak on, so right. to speak. But, you know, when he's allowing Big Daddy Kane, when he's reaching out to other people, and then he's like, well, I need to get my own Big Daddy Kane or my own right. Cool J, that he reaches out and gets these artists, T.C. Ellis, Tony M, um, you know, the Game Boys, which they hated that name, by the way, but he was yeah. giving it to them. But go ahead. You know, it's up. funny. I, I, two, two things. I see somebody saying they have it on uh, Graffiti on LaserDisc. I do, too. I have the big LaserDisc. Uh, with LaserDisc, I have... Uh, I think Undertaker, Graffiti Bridge, uh, probably the Purple Rain concert. I have a lot of this stuff on laser. I, I still have the laser player. I don't use it, but for that. And also, I look back. It's funny. I look back at the quality of laser. It's not as good as I remember it being. I always thought it was this beautiful thing. You look at at uh, 4K stuff or you know HD stuff, and you're like, oh, big difference. Um, the rap thing. I think Tony M had the best way of explaining this to him he said some people complain that why were you doing that why were you you know and and he said look if you're a rapper an mc and prince comes to you and says i'd like you to rap my albums you don't say no you don't say no you join it and you do what he wants and and that's fine and so that's what prince wanted us to know at that time that's the sound he wanted us to hear whether he was chasing trends or starting trends which he did both that's what he wanted. This is his where his mindset was at the moment. And if you want that, great. But the blame or the or the success is on Prince's shoulders. And you can, he, again, he's yeah. the decider. You can't hate on people that were with him because he wanted them there. That's the light. That's the way it is. And and if you if you're not happy with him bringing somebody into it, he did it. He brought him in. And if they played more than one concert with him, you know, he was he was willing to accept what they brought. Period. And I'm just interested because. Big Daddy Kane on his Prince of Darkness album had a song called The Lever and You. And he used the sample beat with a little bit more bass in it of pop life. So yeah. I just wonder if Prince, because at that time you didn't need permission to use right. samples. Right. I wonder if Prince went, hey, what the hell, man? He's like, all right, all right. I like, like what you did with it. Didn't exactly like he did it, but how about you rap on my uh, Bat Dance remix? So that may have came from that. Cause it was around the right. same time, I believe. Although Prince of Darkness came out at a later date, but Pop Life was being recorded and was serviced to radio, and I saw him do it on an old episode of Soul Train, lip syncing it, but it still was fun. That's right. Well, back then, you could also, people were, like you said, sampling like crazy. You know, every other track had Funky Drummer from JB, you know, and they were just pulling that and looping it. Remember when Prince was talking about coming out with that, what, seven or eight disc of samples, things that you'd buy for 700 bucks? That would have yep. been the coolest thing ever, is, is, you know, I thought this would have been kind of fun, but he decided not to and probably wisely, you know, because it would have diluted his sound. What's that? All those samples for $700, they can do whatever the heck they want. Oh, with I know. You can re-record his albums, basically. Yeah. 
No, I, I don't think I don't think he would have made money. And I think he realized, oh, wait, you're right. That's probably not in my best interest because you could probably get, you know, $100,000 for for a sample, you know. And but, you know, there, Parade was a good song. And that sampled, you know, When Doves Cry. He wasn't feeling it, I'm sure. It's just like Rick James wasn't feeling a uh, super freak when he used Oh, no, years. no. But when yeah. he got the money and he got a Grammy finally, mm-hmm. you helps. know, Rick, Rick wasn't winning Grammys. At when that he point, was with yes. the Mary Jane girls, when he was with Tina Marie, but he got a Grammy for "You Can't Touch This." Yeah, there you are. All the industry, the there weekend. Oh, so right. Just gonna say it. Uh, let me drink my tea on that one. Sorry. <laughs> now, let's talk about something that me and you have an interest because sometimes what people do, and I don't like it. I'm gonna have my drink first. A little tea, spilling some tea. Right. What I don't like is I have people go, "Where'd this Dwayne Tudor guy come from?" Oh, yeah, I've heard bad things about that guy. Oh, wait, that's me. Um, but, yeah, that's how I am with stuff. But look, I know you right? because we worked on the same thing back mm-hmm. in the day together. Of course, you had a title, and my ass was trying to help out behind the scenes. You know, Pear contacted me, and I, I hope I'm saying his name right, Pear Nelson. Pear, Pear, Pear Nelson, yes, yes. Yes. So you worked for Uptown at yes. that time. Yes. Uptown Magazine was a magazine that was around from the early 90s through the early 2000s until the release of the vault book in 2004, right. where kind of like kind of became defunct. Now, were you, were you there before Prince tried to sue Uptown? Yes. Yeah. I was there from, I didn't do the first issue or two of Uptown, but I was there basically from then on. Um, once I saw what they were doing, which is the first thing I think I saw was the pure, uh, the Prince of documentary, but it was like, a, it was like the vault, but it was much the thinner. Vault, right? um, the vault got expanded right. into that. Um, there was a, um, there was a, um, a small group of people that wrote for Uptown. If you don't know who Uptown Magazine is, look it up somewhere because it was the magazine. I think we did like 60 some odd issues of it um, and The Vault and Pierre Nelson's book, DMSR, The First Decade. It's a great book. It's still one of the best books about prints out there. Um, right. What we did was just a small group of us. And whenever there was a, a project, we'd say, okay, we're going to do the parade album and tour for this issue and we all research our parts for it or do it you know and it was kind of fun because we really really were digging deep and that's where i went to get the uh the work orders from sunset sound and and started really looking at this and started getting to know people we'd interview bobby got interviewed in there i think uh david's jill got interviewed you know so many of these people my tape and had a few quotes in there and and things like it was it was a big thing prince eventually sued the magazine um because they were using the symbol album or the symbol uh, um, his, his his symbol and uh, I think eventually Uptown sort of won that lawsuit because they said look you gave everybody the symbol on a disc how can we not use it and he's like well that's copyrighted but then you shouldn't be giving it out to people on disc to use if you're asking your name to be out there and you, that's your name uh, they came to a compromise which was the magazine would say they were the unofficial undock, un, 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 uncensored whatever it was on there, and they would not talk about bootlegs. Um, they would talk about, yeah, and and that was fine. They used to do bootleg issues where it was just pictures of what the bootlegs were and what's in them. And if that's what he wants, not on there, that's fine. And at the the magazine was always done with reverence and respect for the guy. It was never done to say, I don't know, this guy's kind of shady. It was always done in a way that's loving and and honoring him. We did it for free, you know. Right. And we were spending a lot of time in Pierre Nelson. Ooh, that guy spent a lot of time on this. Right. He, and are, he and I are still friends. He read the book. In fact, there's a quote by him in the book uh, that he liked. I forget what it is. Let me see if I can find it. He said, 
um, in the beginning of the book, I put a few quotes from different people, and I think he had something in there. Um, yeah, so he has a quote at the beginning of the book, and and so um, it's it's he's a great guy. The funny thing is, I have I've I've known him for thirty some odd years, and I've spoken to him once in the entire time I've known him. That's kind of funny. You know, it's, he lives yeah. in Sweden, so I, I don't get much a chance to get over there and see him. But he's a, he's seriously one of the. I've thought, would it be cool if I got to write a book with him? Would that be kind of fun if if uh, he and I teamed up to write a book or something like that? That'd be, that'd be kind of fun. Now, I just remember, like in '98, is when I joined online, and within okay. a few months, you know, I was being contacted by Prince and his people, and they gave me a track called "Living to Die: The Days of Our Lives," and it was through this real player thing, and they wanted to see if anyone can grab it off the real player. So stuff going on like that, like he was paying attention to me real quick, which was crazy. Hmm. But then I got an email from Pear, like wanting wanting me to help out with stuff and knowing that he was suing them at the time and just sued all these fan websites. I wanna help kind of repair this relationship because you guys, like I would look forward to going to Tower Records and- It's always the Tower Records, exactly, yeah. Right. So. You know, and I was trying to think of ways because I, I was worried. I was already thinking like, well, print is going to be extinct in a few years. So what I would do is when he would tour the U.S. and there were certain tour dates, I'd be hitting up fans in different cities and like, hey, could you do a review for Uptown? But what I'm asking you to do is, is don't post it online because I want them to have an exclusive review that hasn't been posted online yet. Right, so right. I got for Pear and the Rainbow Children Review and a few other things, of course, like he wanted to use a certain line for the Aladdin shows. And I said, this would be better. And I feel bad because Pear has been saying we want to use that for so long and I should have done it. But it's like, you know, I did it under the Jeremiah free name. I didn't under J7 was just trying to help out without having a title, but I really enjoy doing stuff like that. And I'm glad that Pear reached out to me. So next time you talk with them, tell them I say hello. I will do that. I will do that. I'll write to him after this. Uh, he's a, he's a really good guy. If any of you hadn't seen the vault, book it's totally one of the best books out there it covers his entire career up until 2004 i think ish um and it's the fun thing though it's hard to find a book now you could probably find it in digital form somewhere um but it's the 85 86 part of that book is probably about 12 15 17 pages maybe i've turned that into 700 pages so i you know blew some air into this but again i took what they have there and sometimes what they have there turns out to not have been most of it's still accurate most of it's really good there's a few things and then they're going okay i got this from there and it turns out not to be as accurate and you always see that in retrospect where you you look into it and go oh okay so that could be could be wrong and not drastically where you're not going oh my god he released this album in another year no it was it was actually you know who was involved in the session or something like that we may but we were a bunch of kids trying to put this stuff together Right. And 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 really, literally, all doing it on on our own time, on a whim, based on what we could do, and and that was. I look back at those magazines, and I still am very proud of them because they, they did such a they we did such a good job, and and I'm very proud of the stuff the peer did. I'm very proud of the stuff Uptown did, and I think that they were not. I like Controversy magazine at the time, but Controversy was almost too official after well and well became official yeah after a while and they got shut down but it it was almost too um butt kissy and i didn't want to have it just be this fan thing i wanted to know the history i want to know the music i want to know the reasons i want to know who's involved why this song was done 
and, and that it wasn't like I was doing it to get pictures to put up on my wall, which I think controversy sort of was at times. It was more of this is information that's going to make me respect them as an artist more. And that's where this came from. And then back in the day, I remember saying to Pierre, I'd like to do a book about studio sessions. And we laughed about it, you know, online. Um, and it was, it was like, wow, this was really kind of cool that we got to do it. And he's read both books and was involved with getting me the interviews that we did for, um, for Uptown and for his books and stuff like that. So he's, he's a great guy. And, and I, I thank him profusely in the book because, you know, for him to come out with stuff 30 years after the new silver relationship is nice. You know, it's very nice. And it's funny because he would, or someone would, they would mail copies to Paisley park and they did get them. And I, I visited a person that was an assistant there and also a secretary and they had like issue number one. And I'm like, can I get this? Like, they have no idea. Like, I'm like, dude, this goes like 500 bucks online. It's ridiculous. But he was getting it and it wasn't thrown out is all I'll say. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, it's, it's nice to hear that he, I'm, of course he's going to be curious about it, but he also would look at things. He's litigious and would think about how he could, you know, he, I think honestly, and this makes sense. He didn't want people making money off of him. If he's doing the work, he didn't want people making money off him. And I, I get that. You know, if he's, if he's the guy doing it, that's why bootlegs are so insidious. Yeah. As a fan, you enjoy this stuff, but you gotta, the, the reality is, it's a guy's work. And imagine if you go to work one day and all the work you did, you don't get paid for. And some other guy comes out with your, what you did for work and gets the credit and the money for it. You know, right. That would make somebody a little mad. I get it. I mean, I totally get it. Was he always friendly with his fans? Mm. There's times that we all felt like, mm, I wish you could have been nicer because we're all here to support you. Maybe, right. maybe guide us a little bit as opposed to smacking us. I but, would say this. Yeah. Prince loved his fans. He just wanted you to love him the way that he wanted you to. Yeah, probably. But that said, we did. It was tough. We, 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 loved, we loved him. We still do. And, and he's not here now. And there's so many of us here that still are willing to do the work, to coin a phrase. You know, there's so many people that – I know so many people that, that put together parties in Minneapolis and for celebration. You, uh, By the way, that's just one say. Um, Wow. Thank you. That's really, that's very nice. Thank you. Um, if the nice thing about this is there's so many people that are fun to get to know and you see these, they range dance parties and, and after COVID we're going to be doing the same thing. You've got all these groups, whether it's in Los Angeles, you got Pala or, or bump squad and you've got things in, in Oakland and you've got all these different groups all around the country. You have them, you know, to me, that's what makes this community so good is is this passion for people to want to continue. And somebody wrote earlier on this list that Prince, you know, we're talking about him being vital. He was, and again, he the reason why we do this is so that he doesn't die again. Right. We had Prince taken away from us way too early in mid conversation, basically. And so if we don't do this stuff, we run the risk of losing him again. And I think that that's all of us feel this. And all of us are in a state where I and I know most everybody is like this. We're the first stage of grief still. Five years on, and all of us are still in denial. If Prince announced tomorrow that oh, I'm back, I was just – I had to go away because, uh, you know, we'd all go, okay, we forgive you. We knew it. You know, we all feel like we haven't gotten to the acceptance stage. We have not gotten – and and – 
it's where we are. It's just, that's, that's how we are. And, and I can't fault somebody for that because I feel the same way. And, and um, there's times we all get emotional talking about it. There's times we all feel like maybe we're the grieving widow, you know, and, and, and that's just because he touched us when Prince was playing in concert and singing, how many times did you feel that you're the only person hearing? Like he's, he's talking to me, that dude's talking to me. And, and all of us are taking this in. You, you put on headphones and you put on your beanbag chair and you're listening to music going, Oh, he's singing to me, man. And I think that's, we all take this, this personal thing. And, and it, it's, it's very important to all of us and not just because he sang to us, but because we experienced things with him and, and we trusted him and, and, relied on him if you have a sad day there's a perfect song for you a happy day there's a celebration song whatever it is that's there and and all of us feel after he passed that oh things happen that you know i'm in a bad day and all of a sudden there'll be a prince song that speaks to me and you're like oh how did that happen Hmm. there's some other layer of of whether spirituality or something that he's he's and 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 all i think all most of us probably 90 percent of us feel like that where you're going how did he know I was thinking this? And like, you know, we're not trying to deify him, but there's just some connection that we're not going to let go of. And that still comes to us. And when the, the estate releases things like side of the times, the super deluxe, and we're hearing songs that we may never heard of or finding this stuff out. It's like, it's back at the banquet again. And, and you look at this compared to like the Michael, uh, Michael Jackson estate and what they're doing compared to what the Prince estate is doing. When it comes to the amount of music, the quality of music, the the dedication to getting his story right, man, I, I love the fact that as Prince fans, we come together for celebration. Go up to Minneapolis for the celebration, even if you don't get into the to the um, to the Paisley. There are parties every freaking night, dance parties, uh, pancake parties. Uh, Rodney will put on something special for you. There's always something going on at Perkins or whatever it is that someplace up there that you're just showing. You're going to meet people that are lifetime friends. And it's going to it's going to be people that when you sign on to Facebook, people can be writing you going, hey, man, how you doing? And when somebody's sick or somebody passes away in our in our collective group of our circle of friends, we all come together and we donate money to charities and we donate time and passion. And, and I had so many people that are hurting that, that came to me and said, I'm really hurting. I had a friend that, um, one of the people, I don't think I ever met her. And she said, my brother's really hurting. Can, you know, and, and I said, let me, let me send him a book. And so I sent him a book and I didn't talk about it and I didn't want to talk about it. I don't know why I'm talking about it now. I shouldn't have said a thing because now I feel like I'm blowing smoke up my own butt, but it was like, you know, these kind of things that's a real, real contortionist can do that. Um, but, uh, you, you want to just give to the people that are doing this and, 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 and help out the people that are there. And because we're one big family and yeah, we may be a little dysfunctional at times, but we're a big family. And that's, that's the, that's the joy. And that's what Prince left us. Our, the head of our family is gone, but that means we have to make the table stronger. We have to make our family meetings stronger and we have to kind of do things to make sure Paisley Park's lights stay on and, the, and support whatever we can, whether it's the artist, the tour, whether it's the F deluxe or the time or the revolution, go see them, spend time listening to them Enjoy buy the magazines that have prints on the cover because you got to reward these people that are going to do the work for that. Cause it's, it's all of us are doing the lifting right now. And, and I'm just a small part of that. Right. So. I mean, look, and I did, 
you know, helped out with Uptown Magazine, created 777 Update, created the Bump Squad that you talked about. Exactly. exactly. Those things, just a lot of work that people go in. And that's why, like, I appreciate people like Pala that actually do the work and are writing someone else's coattails and all these other things. Well, and you see, and you see the same people, you know, see people, you know, I mean, how many times have I seen you at these events, whether it's, you know, somebody doing a book signing and we're there, or we go up to the, the uh, venture and there's the uh, uh, live event with this, do the symphony thing. You're, you'd go to these things, right. spend time with these things, try to do this stuff whenever you can. There's this people, there's people in our family that are hurting. There's people in our family that need some love. And there's people in our family that have been alone for the past year. Give some love, man. Stop talking smack about people as much. Just kind of make sure that people are taken care of. And that, yeah, exactly. We owe it to Prince to keep his music playing, to be together and enjoy it. It's what he wanted. If you want stuff that, if you want to know what he wanted, he wanted people to enjoy his music. He wanted people to, to, to be a part of this. And even if he's not here, he left us quite a bounty of stuff. And, and you know, it just seems like some of the best friendships I have are based on this. I have my best friend and I is not a Prince fan, but we relate on a lot of things, but I have so many people that are Prince fans that all of a sudden you're, you're like, you've got that much in common, right? You know, I could, I could say a obscure lyric in a conversation. They know exactly what they're talking about and they probably come in with the next line and, and uh, we're obsessive and that's part of the fun. Um, sometimes we get territorial and, and, and that happens and people get mad at other people because they're, you know, they're doing or saying something, you know, I just, I go into this thinking, you know what, everybody's going to have their angle. I hope people get along. I hope there's uh, uh, some love in there and I hope people um, enjoy each other's company. And and if I can help out in in ways of of extending Prince's legacy to the next generation, man, I'm happy to do that. You know, what a great thing to be a part of. Hey, thanks, Paul. I think that's very nice. Yeah, Paul is saying, just for those listening on audio later, could listen to you two all night. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Man. Why am I the one with this sore voice when you've been doing the heavy lifting? <laughs> I, I give you the questions. And then oh. you go off and make a roast while I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm talking. <clears throat> but you well, know, I, talk, I talk a lot. I, I know I talk a lot. And, here's and, the thing, and I'm sorry to cut you off. It's just that <clears throat> we want people to stop being petty. We want people to do this because, look, I know that we're territorial. We love him. We want to protect him. We got to let in the new fans. We have to find a new base. And I have ideas. I don't want to share them. I don't know if you want to share them. How do we make sure that we're getting a younger audience in, aside from other fans embracing these new fans that may not know as much as they do? I'll tell you something that's really interesting. I went to a dance party in Minneapolis, and the people up on stage said, you know, if you weren't here when Prince was doing his stuff and now that he's gone, you don't deserve to be here. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Just the opposite of that, man. I'm not going to keep a clock when people got there. People, not everybody's on my schedule. And if you get there, you're welcome to come to the party anytime you want. If you come to the party late, come on in, enjoy the music, enjoy the bean dip. You know, we're going to have a great party regardless of what time you got there. I don't want to put a clock on anybody getting there. To me, if you're here... That's the best, you know, and some people are younger. Some people had a different thing in life. Some people, whatever it is, I didn't see him in concert to love sexy. I was a fan from controversy. I was never in town or never had that much money to do this. I mentioned that in an interview one time and somebody said, that dude's not a fan. And I'm like, I'm not a fan. 
are you high? This is, you don't have to do every, you don't have to check every box to be a fan. There may be albums you go, you know what? Not my bag. But there's other ones you go, I can't live without this album. It doesn't matter when you got here, what you're doing, what you dress like. It doesn't matter. I, I embrace all of this. I go to some of these parties and there's certain people that I love seeing because I know they're going to come dressed up as certain things each time. And I get the biggest kick out of seeing these people. I get a kick out of at the end of these dance parties, giving these buddy the sweaty hugs. Now this is pre cam pre pre COVID. You know, I'm not trying to run up and hug every sweaty person <laughs> after COVID, but man, and I leave these parties, my ears are ringing and I'm just thinking, this is, this is great. This is renewing, renewing to me. And, and that is the, 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 the legacy of Prince to me is that this renews my soul. This renews my spirit. This renews my, my community. This renews my feeling of belonging. Boy, I think all of us true, truly felt toward the end of his career, which I hate saying that end of his career, but at that point where there was a smaller group of us and it was like, are there other people that feel like this? And then he, and then he passes away. I don't even like to say he died. He passed away, transitioned as some people say. But the world reflects on this purple everywhere, every monument, every waterfall. And I all of a sudden I felt like, oh my God, my family's here. My family's stepping up. And I didn't realize that other people realized how important he was like I did. And and that was that was amazing to find out because we're sitting there mourning on our own thinking, oh God, nobody understands my my feelings of sadness. And then you see that the world is 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 down about this and celebrities. Everybody, whether it's the biggest celebrity to, you know, your friend, everybody up on the, on the scale was saying I they had their print story and every celebrity came out with their print story. And, and boy, that made me feel like I belong to something bigger. And I know in my heart that I do. So when I see people fighting in our community and our family, it gets sad because sometimes, you know what, we all want to correct things and make it right. But there's no reason to bad mouth people or shut people down. There's no reason to, man. I, I don't. I don't understand that. I, 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 maybe that's just not the way I communicate, yeah. but it just it doesn't make sense to me. And I, I try to avoid that. And I, yeah. I hope other people yeah. do. Sorry, I try not to post about it or do other stuff. Knowing that there's going to be the drama, I don't. I don't care for the clicks. I don't care for the comments. And Martin, thank you for being in the room. Hope to see you next week. I ha I'm waiting for you guys to do more tables. I'm still recovering from my foot injury, so can't stand. But if you release more tables, we'll definitely be there. And Grace, she can attest to me. There's a party that DJ Adam 12 did before COVID shut down. And it was younger people there. And see, you needed to give them time. Yeah, after he passed, they only knew the hits. Mm -hmm. Now he was playing Violet the Organ Grinder. He's playing some extra lovable, which we're not supposed to have heard. They knew it. And of course, they were kind of, them being younger, it's more than what, you know, what I would wear or whatnot, what I used to wear, like T-shirts to it. They were wearing outfits that, uh, you know, I haven't seen in a while. I last saw at a Rihanna concert. So it was just interesting to see that. And yes, your whole thing with the club scene, I 100% agree with that. And that's where his music's coming from. So here's hoping that, albeit maybe not tracks like Born to Die or Welcome to America, but some other stuff is being serviced to DJs yeah. because that's where the music is being found again. Well, here's the thing is, isn't it, I think it's really cool that, that they're coming out with welcome to America and, and a new album of stuff that we didn't know. And that it's a big event. 
you know, like I said, comparing this to the Michael Jackson estate and what he did, there's no taking away that, my, that MJ was one of the most talented guys out there. The things he did are just, you know, timeless. I'm not ever going to take away from the man. But the amount of stuff that Prince had is, is indisputable that this guy had a mountain of stuff. And some of it's fantastic. Some of it is not. Statistically, you're always going to have a best song and a worst song. But even the stuff that is average for Prince is better than most people. So when you have something like Welcome to America, which I think all of us are excited about. Um, I love the fact that uh, the song that just came out, Born to Die, the other day is a real Curtis Mayfield type vibe. And it came out on Curtis Mayfield's birthday, which I think a lot of people didn't get. I love that people are starting to figure that out. Right. Um, his 79th birthday, that's uh, fun. And and but there's it's an event. We're all excited about this. We're all excited about the the fact that um, all this stuff is is happening and and that they're coming out with a concert with this thing. And and you you have people that love what they love working on this stuff. And and there's a passion for the people behind the scenes of of what they're getting out and and uh, a dedication to getting things right. And and man, I wish every artist could have that kind of team working on something. Cause that's just, you know, I mean, there's going to be people that complain about everything. You got people that complain about the size of the box, you know, it's like, you know, all right, it doesn't fit on your shelf. I don't know what to tell you, man. And, you know, right. I, it's, the box is too big for your shelf. Right. I'm sorry. But yeah. you, you, the, but at the same time with 1999 really release and sign of the times re-release, you're getting three CDs of stuff. You never supposed to have never heard. That's that. And, and, and that, that's amazing to me. And you're getting, you know, uh, commentary from Dave Chappelle or Lenny Kravitz or, you know, whoever, Susan Rogers and all these people coming back out and saying things about what happened there. And then you got the, um, what they were doing for the podcast for the estate with the, you know, the side of the times podcast, a seven or eight piece podcast that has every voice they can, you know, whether it's cat or Levi or, you know, Eric Leeds talking about this stuff. That's to me the best. Uh, I, I love that stuff. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's there's a urgency to get this stuff out and and but everything takes time and and you gotta you know it's he's been gone five years in that five years look at all the things that have been released and and you may not like all of them but the things like the the originals is what a cool idea for an album and you're hoping there's gonna be more of those things you know but hearing his original versions of things and how he intended is right. is is mind opening and that's as a fan there's <clears throat> It's like in Prince's day, there's always something to buy, always something to listen to coming up. And that's the thing is, yeah, it may not be Prince spearheading it now, but there's people that right. understand that this is important and they want to do this yeah. stuff and do it right and make sure that things get out there properly. So, right. And now like with Martin bringing up like cover bands, cause he does his Prince stuff, but Martin does an amazing job. Not all Prince cover bands are on his level, especially when Martin does have his horn section behind him or whatnot. Been amazing. I saw him; he opened for John B. and he whipped John B.'s ass. That's all. Wow. I'm say. So now back to the other stuff about complaining, because yes. I've been critical at times. I know that's hurt me. You know, I truly believe that the estate over the past few years has made extremely good decisions. I mean, I'm not, maybe not like the cover of the originals, but I love the concept. I wanted originals too. I wanted originals three. I love that the thing that they did with the, with Urban Decay makeup and people have to understand that like, OEU is Mac. Yes, but Mac has several celebrity endorsements. 
Urban Decay doesn't. This makes it even more special. Plus, Prince was a businessman. He would go with the person that offered the better business deal, man. So all these other things, I feel the estate has been doing things right. And I want to see that going forward. And I'm tired of the whole Prince would want this, Prince would want that. I want to wring their necks. And this is why I don't, look, I had to be on the org for decades having to correct people when they were getting stuff wrong. Kind of tired of doing it through Twitter where people have multiple accounts and try to like fight with you or you know it's the same person having a conversation with themselves going after you. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I feel that the estate has been doing a better job on stuff and doing it, but there had to be a learning curve of things. Oh, yeah. This is what's going on. And yes, I was critical in the past and I don't take that away. But what I will say is, is that a lot of love and thought has been going into it from everyone that is part of that team. I think it, I, I agree with this. I, I don't think anybody expects empty praise. I, I truly don't. There's going to be mistakes made along the way. There's, like I said, there's Prince albums that are going, you could have waited three weeks and gotten the art right on that or whatever it is. This is how it is. The amount of stuff and the quality of stuff I think that's come out with the estate is, is mind blowing at times. And the fact that you're still going to have prints on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine or uncut magazine, you only have six to 12 episode issues a, a year. To every year have multiple pictures of prints is astounding to recognize that this is how important he was. You, you don't get that with a lot of other artists. Um, and I think that the, the respect out there with the, these magazines and things like that. And they understand, we're going to buy these magazines. We're going to buy the, the magazines that have new stuff about Prince in there, new interviews with people around him. That's just how it is. We want to know this stuff. And I always say that I don't want to see the digital version of this. If people just want to send to me. I don't want to do that. I want to give the money to them because I want to make it in their financial benefit to do that. I don't want somebody to rip, rip uh, the, uh, an album for me and give it to me. I want to give my money to that person because they're doing the work. Um, and that's that's important to me. I, I, I want to support when the family was doing the F Deluxe was doing stuff. Every album that came out with, I wanted to support and I'd buy it because I wanted to give back. Because if they don't make money off this stuff, they're not going to do it. The makeup thing, I don't have an opinion really about that. I don't wear makeup, so I don't have an opinion. Most of the people I know that are seem to upset seem to be a bunch of guys. You know, I don't hear a lot of women complaining, and they might, but I don't hear a lot of the women complaining. They're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Uh, that's kind of the cool thing to me is there's going to be projects that I go, yeah, that's not my, my, for me. But there's other projects I'm going, that is for me. And like uh, the Welcome to America thing to me is for me. It's right. new music. It's a concert from his his stay in, in Los Angeles. And I can tell you, the concert looks amazing. Um, it's, it's that kind of stuff. So it's like, fantastic. This is what I want. Um, I want the originals. I want these super deluxe boxes. Do I want a super deluxe box every year? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Do I want the record store day things? Yeah. Do I, uh, somebody said to me one time, they were upset that the, um, um, the Camille album wasn't on a super, uh, the sign time super deluxe. And I'm like, all, all the songs have been released in some form and in, in some way for the most part, with the exception of, of, uh, of, um, rebirth of the flesh. And I was like, well, what, if you want those on an album on there, what seven songs that are unreleased do you not want on there? You, you you can make most of the stuff yourself. It may not be exactly like Prince's State. It, it, my dog's saying it's a rough time, too. My dog is saying it's very rough out there. He's very he's very upset. He's trying to tell me to cut, quit caulking so much. Scarlet doggy instead of Scarlet pussy. <laughs> so I just, I feel like 
would I've liked to see like I would love to see the Camille album released. I would love to see the the whole version of of Crystal Ball released. I'd love to see all these things. Right. Do I want to see that in place of songs that I've never heard? No. If I had a choice, I'm going to pick the songs I've never heard before right. or the variations of songs I've never heard or a longer version of a song I've never heard or heard. Right. I I'm going to that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I want to hear more stuff that I I've um that I haven't I'm not familiar with. It expands Prince's tapestry to me it makes it that much more rich right. um I, and i love that i mean they, they the godfather movies are some of my favorite movies of all time they came out with you know extended versions of each one of these things and i i scooped it up because i'm like going you know what i love spending time with this family i love this and i'm same thing with prince i love spending time with this i want to you get the box set and you, you it's so much stuff you have to take a week or two and just kind of soak in it you know and just and just let it absorb because there's just so much and what a horrible thing to have to do, <laughs> you know, have to take, yeah, have to take a couple of weeks and, and, and soak this up, you know, Oh, that's, that's terrible. And, and uh, is everything going to be perfect? No, no. And, not, and, and, it's perfect. It, I think it does, but right. It's, it's not going to be. And is everything going to be every song you want on it? No. Is everything going to be everything? But, but I've heard people say, well, this song's not on there. I'm not buying this. Okay. That's fine. That, that's your decision. And, and I'm sorry you feel that you're willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater because of, one song or one variation of songs. That's right. that's unfortunate to me. But I, I don't think I I, I, I would get it I just, I, because I want more of the stuff. And and did I like every song in every album? No. Every song in Love Sexy am I fond of? Most of them I am. Maybe one or two songs I'm not. Batman album. I still bought it because I wanted I wanted to know what was there. You know, I, I have to admit I'm not the biggest fan of uh, of um, Arms of Orion. We had a a thing in clubhouse a few weeks ago about that <laughs> some people swear by it i'm like like i guess some people may have lost their virginity to it maybe that's why they're <laughs> anyway, okay that's good that being said, um now with going with going on these things in the batman and <coughs> excuse me again it's like i guess you're talking for me and that's why my voice is acting this <laughs> that's exactly what, i'm a puppet i'm a puppet but yeah, like there's. Why don't there's, you type uh, your questions to me? Just type your questions to me. That's what Prince would do. But it's like with the he makeup. Would, he would like, whisper to somebody and they would answer. He would. I, I mean, uh, get dark see your your dog hears you whispering. It's he's, like, he's, he's like, yeah, I'm 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 speaking at a level that only he can hear. There is I'm going to mute when you're asking questions. And concealer and stuff, but I did not get the vault set. Even though the box is beautiful, it isn't made for me. But I, there's any woman watching that after they're done with the box and they don't want to keep it, you can send it to me. I'd be glad to have it. That being said, again, I like these items. And like, look, me and you can go for another two, three hours on this. I don't want to take up too much of your time. The main thing is, is Dwayne's got a new book out, you know, and I want you guys to get it. And you guys can put up. I'll have someone else type it because apparently I've been misspelling your last name. What, I, dude? That's awful. It's, 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 I only wish if there's only some way, you know, exactly how to spell my name. Right. Only well, some before because I, I put it on there, but I'm going to go back and edit the metadata for YouTube and everything else. Everything's going to be gravy. Everything's going to be cool. Don't know where to get the book. Now, we talked about the estate. We talked about these things. You brought it up, not me. So I'm just curious, is there a deluxe edition that we could be looking forward to sometime in the future, you know? 
My answer would be, well, I, look at what they've done. Look at what the estate has done. Do you think they're going to stop? You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know specifics. Um, of course they're going to do more things. I mean, that that's, it's, it's, give us? it's, if there's the next album, whatever it is, I'm sure it's something you guys know. I, 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 it'll be a Royal jewel in my collection, I guess. You know what? It, here's the thing is, is Prince said it himself when he says, don't you like surprises? And I think that's the big thing is, is, there's always something exciting coming down the line. And I think you've got a group of people that are working hard to make sure that, that there's always something new and it's always something exciting and always something that can get people together. Um, I think it's, uh, there's a commitment from these people to get you the best stuff they possibly can. And, and, and I'm a part of this team in some ways, a small part, and it's an exciting thing. But I can tell you, these people are people that want you to have as much as you can. Right. And they lose sleep about this, and they stay up late talking about this. And it's no secret that I've done some work with this state. I don't talk about it much. I don't make, I, I really make my books my books and my job my job. Um, that said, it's, it's, I can tell you without revealing anything, these people are so committed to making things right and making things good and, and getting things out there. There's a, a joy to what this and a dedication and a commitment and a nonstop seven day a week job. It's, it's so energizing to see and just know that when something's thrown, something's caught and that's always a group out there that's going to catch this stuff. And, and yeah, not everybody's going to want the makeup. Not everybody's going to want every t-shirt that's ever made. Not everybody's going to want a calendar, but there's people that do. And, and, there's people that every album of his has fans. Every right. album is. And you could say, oh, we're going to do a, a super deluxe of, of some album from, you know, the later days or something like that. There's going to be people that want it. And there's going to be people that go crazy for it. And there's going to be things you hear about it. I would love to see a, um, a greatest hits of his, of his post-Warner stuff. To me, I would love to see all that stuff get a lot of love because he's got so much great music after warner brothers that people didn't know about i had so many people say to me you know oh yeah i love prince of purple rain there's more there's more and granted i thank you Rachel. thank you um it's like there's there's more people that knew purple rain but there's a lot of people that didn't i, I one time i was at a bank with my daughter and we're you know getting something and then this guy behind the counter probably in his 20s and my daughter says my dad writes books and the guy goes oh really about what and the, my daughter goes he wrote a book about prince and the guy says, oh, yeah, Prince, I heard him on the radio once a couple years ago. And I was like, I wanted to just jump through that thick glass and, you know, uh, and pound him because I was like, no, he's doing stuff. There's so much stuff out there. You And, and I really had to realize not everybody knows every song that he's done like we do. Not everybody buys every album. Not everybody looks for every interview. This, this is us. And we have to accept that there's going to be people out there. What we can do is try to expand this. And one of the things I did with this book is, which is called Prince and the Parade and Side of the Times Era Studio Sessions, um, is I got Elton John to do. And I didn't get Elton John. And that was, let me, I'll, I'll tell you this. This oh, is a friend, uh, there's a friend of mine named Matthew Pitone. Now, Matthew and I have known each other for 30 years. And Matthew is a, is a really talented artist. And he's done so many things, but he was the one that facilitated this, this connection with Elton John. And I've never met Elton John, but he read the book back in September, liked it. And he wrote this, you know, 800 word 
forward. That's charming and, and fun and only something that a person of that caliber can do. Elton John sold more albums than Prince. It's crazy when you think like that. But Elton John had the 70s, had a series of albums that just are nonstop. You, you look at what he did uh, and, and, and what Elton John thought about Prince, you see the respect of somebody who was a peer. And that is yeah. the best. The idea that I'm on a cover, on a cover of a book says Prince, Elton John, and me. That doesn't make sense to me. That's just nuts. Cool. That that is like the most bizarre thing. When I got into writing these books, I did not think. And I having Questlove did the first um, forward. Questlove was great. I'm like, I love Questlove. Questlove is fantastic. He's a right. great guy, and he knows so much. But Elton John is like, even, I'm like going. Where do I go from here? Right. Um, if I do a third and fourth book, um, but yeah, it's it's really that was kind of cool. But it to me expands the brand because what it does is. There's people that may be fans of Elton John that want to see this now. And and my goal is not just for the books, but it's for music. Get that out to the people. We're all going to buy everything that comes out. You know, that's the way it is. Right. Um, but get the people that may – my daughter's 11. She likes Manic Monday. But the Manic Monday she likes is the one off of originals. So it's that stuff. You start – expanding the pool and and knowing that's that's really important to me is 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 that kind of stuff. i went to see van halen play uh years ago and cool and the gang opened up for him like cool and the gang i love cool and the gang but my wife was going hey i like this song i like that song and she actually liked cool and the gang better than she liked van halen and i thought that was pretty cool but what was fun about that is they realized you know what we're going to get cool in the gang fans in here that might walk away from this going, Oh my God, just like Michael Jackson got Eddie Van Halen to play on beat it for expand, free. expand except for free, but expand that expand. And all of a sudden people were listening to run DMC that were only Aerosmith fans because they did something. do this stuff, expand it, find ways to get your friends that like Prince to love Prince or the people that don't know Prince to like Prince. Just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And I think all of us do that. Like you were saying, you'll play the flesh stuff for people in, in a car that may go, wait, what, what's this? And and I think that's what we all do. And there's something fun about the, the look of shock when somebody goes, oh, that's Prince? Prince wrote Manic Monday? Prince wrote this? And and there's a um, a joy to that when you kind of right. get that in on somebody. I like that. So that's me. Now <clears> – <throat> We already said that there is going to be an expanded edition. And this is the version to get from your website. The only other version there is going to be, and I'm curious about this. When you go out on the road, do you make sure the hotel that you're staying at has a Barnes and Noble or a bookstore close so you can run in there and see if your book's there and sign a copy? I do. I do. I, 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 every bookstore I go into, I look to see if my book's on the, on the store on the shelf. If it's not, I ask if they could get it. But I, I go to each one of them and I sign copies of them. And I will make sure that whatever, if I get, if I'm there, I will sign it and then they'll put it back on the shelf and they'll put a sticker on it says signed by the author. And I think that's kind of fun. I mean, I'm a sucker for books that have signatures of the author. Um, it makes it that much more. It's like, Oh my gosh, the author, you know, was involved in this. It's fun to me to have a book. I have a shelf of books that have presidential signatures from Gerald Ford on to, you know, uh, I think Obama was the last one I got. But it's like it's it's fun to me to have these historical documents. And, and I'm not saying I'm historical, but the book is is about Prince. And if I can sign it and somebody thinks that's kind of fun, I like that. You know, and I think that there's so I, I yeah, every chance I get if I'm at a bookstore that I see my book on the shelf, I ask them, 
can I write that on there and, and sign it? And, and I, and I like signing books. If people want to get a personalized book, reach out to me um, on, at DwayneTudal.com, like spelled like that. Um, yeah. And, and uh, I sell books on my site and, and you can get them personalized where I'll, uh, and some people ask for the, cra the craziest things for me to write on these things. And I do, it's like, okay, yeah, good. That's, 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 and some of these people I know, you know, I'm looking at the list here and I, about half these people I know for, from just seeing their names on, on Facebook. Dear and, Andre, thanks for last night. Well, I don't think my wife would be happy with that one, but uh, um, I do, if there's, and I, I, I meet people. And, and I try to remember every place I meet people because I love seeing people and I love talking with people. And sometimes it's tough because I'll see them at a, um, uh, I need the book. Okay. okay. Oh, I'm, by the way, before we end, I want to show you something exclusive that I've never revealed at the end of this thing. So stick around because it's something I want to show you. It's kind of fun for the people that are getting the book through my website. Um, I like um, knowing the people on Facebook and I like, seeing these people at parties and, and, and them coming up to me and saying, Oh my God, this is who I'm. But I also, sometimes I really want to know your name. <laughs> I get people that write and they've got some crazy name that I don't know. And I'm going, I, I don't know who you are, but let me know your name and I'll try to remember it. And, and things like that. Everybody has these fun nicknames. I mean, I know you as Jeremiah, your Dr. Funkberry or Dr. Funk as it's more contemporary, the, uh, the, the abbreviated version. I like knowing people's names and I think it's fun, but I'm looking through this list going, Rachel, Arlene, Monique, Suzanne. I, I know, I know all these people, different Andre, so many of these people I know from, from Facebook and, and they reach out to me and, and they're supportive and help people uh, double checking uh, transcripts from things. This, this touches me so much because I feel like you're part of it. I want to, this is funny. I'll show you something. And this is not an exclusive thing. This is just, looking through the book here, I'm going to show you the list of people that helped out with some of this stuff. Here's, <laughs> here, let me see if I can find this. Sorry, I'm, this is the boring part. Um, talk amongst yourselves. Um, okay, here's the pre-orders for the book. Pre-orders are here, this page, this page, this page, all the people this, that this, this, these are people that pre-ordered. Uh, this goes on up to there, up to there. Those yeah. are the people, and and so you're all listed in the book. The people that pre-ordered on my on my Facebook page on my my website before um, a certain date. Then I also have here. Let me show you this. People that helped out. Paragraphs of people that helped out. Paragraphs of people that that works with transcripts people that i wanted to thank i've got 10 15 pages of thanking people because you can see it it's on page 677 678 679 you see all those names in there it's a lot of names and all you guys helped and all you're all part of this rachel you are in there uh arlene you are in there there's so many of you guys that are in there because and sometimes two or three times because i just i have so much of my heart for what you guys have done i couldn't have done this without you guys and this is the this is the exciting thing is, is sometimes I feel like I'm the only excited person on this. And then I, I have a tough day and all of a sudden I look and, and people are giddy and they, they, they get it. And I wrote this book so I could read it, but I realized that there's so many people that want this stuff and not because of me at all, but because of Prince. And, and if I'm helping out with something that is, so the thing I was going to show you guys that I've never, I haven't revealed yet because this just came to me. Uh, I got the package today. So I'm kind of excited. This is every time I do these things, I do a bookmark. 
and I have a bookmark that I, I have an exclusive bookmark for each book that gets released. And so on this one, the bookmark just came in, and awesome. this is the, this is the bookmark. Look at over here. See, is you got the book? You got the book. The book. Um, but this is the list of who I interviewed. Um, the website to get this stuff. And thank you, Andre. I will breathe. This is some reviews, some earlier reviews of this stuff, um, including Rolling Stone and, and things like this. Oops. I've lost you. No, no. I want them to see it. That's all. Oh, okay. 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 Um, and uh, this is uh, um, the artwork from the cover. So you get the idea of what this is like. So that's fun. So very, very cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a nobody's seen that yet. You guys are the first person seeing that. Um, uh, the, you got the book just, you know, that was a joke by uh, Rev, the guy that did the artwork for it. Um, you got the book. Um, and, and so this is going to come out with the book when I, I uh, sign these books. So if, and also a certificate that says this is an official thing from me um, that I sign. But it, it's that kind of stuff that I like to throw in something extra for people because you can order it from anywhere you want. You can order from Amazon. Uh, but if you order it through me, I'm going to sign it. I'm going to personalize it if you want that. Um, and this this comes with every one of them. So that's kind of – but I, I was looking at that going, hey, these are cool. These worked out really well. And I literally just got this about two hours ago. Very cool. So um, I thought about keeping it secret. And then I realized, yeah, I'm not that good at keeping secrets. <laughs> I want you guys to see this stuff. Well, so, appreciate it. Yeah. Anything um, before I let you go that you that you want to say that we didn't cover aside from getting the book? And like we made sure, like we had a lot to talk about. Not all of it was the book, but it was still interesting. Because I, I so. want to make sure that people get the book and know that we can do a two-hour interview and not even touch on everything that is in this thing. You know. Um. I can't think of anything. I, 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 is there anybody on the, on the list that has a question? Let's see. Last, last time. Good questions. And about the, the lemon cake and also with abalone and Sheila, we covered earlier in the show around the 27 minute mark. If you want to go back there, we did cover it. We didn't avoid it, but go ahead with good questions. You friended me. Thank you, Catherine. That's very sweet. Rachel um, and I, I apologize because sometimes people friend me and I don't get always get to that. So I will apologize. I will try to, you know, I, I generally, it's funny. I will tell you this. When people try to get into the group, I often look at several things just to make sure there's two questions to ask to get into the, the, the Prince group that we have for this book. Um, and it's simple questions. What era do you want to have? And what do you agree to these rules? Right. A lot of people don't fill those out. And I, if you're not going to fill it out, I can't, I don't know whether or not this person is a robot or what, you know, whether they're doing it. Um, so we want to make sure we're, we're keeping so people don't come in and just want to argue or want to sell sunglasses or whatever it is. I want to make sure that, that, that there's authentic people coming in here. Um, when people don't have a photograph or a picture or connections to anybody else in the group, that makes me a little nervous because I don't want to have, I like to keep it a, a place that's like an oasis that you can go to without fighting, without, you know, could nourish yourself to, to drink. And I, I want that. I don't want to have a place that, you know, um, um, that is not uh, renewing. I don't want to have people, a place where people go to argue. You know, we can disagree, but let's disagree in a nice way. You know, I don't like certain songs, but I'm not going to tell you you're a jerk because you don't like the song. I'm not going to tell you you're an a-hole because we disagree on this one piece of information. You know, that's just, 
but there's people that jump right into that. I don't get that. I don't speak that language. Uh, the question, what, uh, do you have a definitive biography on Prince to start with? I would say Pierre Nelson's book is fantastic. They need Dave, a reprint that, so it doesn't cost. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, Dave Hill's book is exceptional. I think John Bream's book. Again, all these stop at a certain point. Um, I think those are all really good. Um, gosh, it, then it starts getting into you know different authors. I enjoyed Des's book. I enjoyed Brown Mark's book, but they're parts of this as one voice telling the story. Um, I am one of these guys that likes everybody to write these books. I, I've encouraged Jill Jones to write a book. I've encouraged Apollonia to write a book. I've encouraged Susanna Melvoin, Wendy and Lisa, Bobby, write a book. I, I want to know the thoughts of the people that were there. Um, to me, the best biography is probably not published yet. Um, yeah. That's my thought. You know, um, what are the questions we have? Facebook. Are, that's good. Uh, yes. What's that? Uh, <laughs> want to buy sunglasses? Yeah, people are bringing up about international charges and stuff. Like oh, that. okay. Yeah, I'll tell you about that. Um, Whoops. And <laughs> apparently, he's not going to tell us about it. But I do believe that he would tell you to just worry about getting it at your local store. Maybe Rocket Pool have it. I'm going to wait for Dwayne to come in. Let, here he comes back in. Dwayne was just psyching us out for a minute. Here psych! Psych! Um, sorry about that. I've lost all the comments now, I think. Have I? No, they're still there. Um, the question was, um, what was the question? About uh, shipping charges overseas. Oh, yeah. I looked really hard to find uh, the best rates overseas. Um, this is a two and a half pound book. And the prices were, and I don't know if it's because of COVID or whatnot. Yeah, I can't believe you dropped me, man. What the hell? What did I do? It's uncool, man. Um, I, uh, um, I will not be ignored. Um, <laughs> uh, it was something I, I always suggest to people. If you're international, buy it locally because and save your money. Buy something fun. Take your partner out for a dinner. Um, I, I'm trying to eventually, I want to do something where I would love Susan Rogers to write a book, by the way. Um, I would like to do something where I do, uh, um, book plates where I can just sign a book plate and then mail those out to people as opposed to having the book, you know? So something I want to do, I haven't had time to look into that yet. I want to make sure it's something that is cost effective for everybody and, uh, and is available because, you know, I, I'd pay for the artwork, pay for it to be uh, printed pay for, you know, whatever the time and, and postage to get that out. But it'd probably be a lot cheaper than the international postage rates. I, 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 funny, I feel like I have to apologize for the international rates. I have nothing to do with it. So um, it's frustrating to me. Trust me. I spend a lot of time trying to, there are still abilities. You can still buy it. You, and you can buy the book locally in Europe or anywhere else. It's the only deal is me signing it here and then shipping it out. That's where it gets expensive. And I apologize. I don't make any of that money. You spend the money. It sucks. So if you don't want to do that, I'm not hurt. Um, I want to sign, but, but the, the process is available to you if you want to do that. It's just a little more pricey in a way that some guy in another city is getting both of our money. It's just, you know, not that fun. He reminds me of Martin Short. What the heck? <laughs> See, you didn't need a filter after all. <laughs> Martin Short's a little bit older, but he looks good for his age. Right? That's good. That's good. 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 Uh, what else do we see? What do you think about Neil, Car uh, Neil Carlin's book? Uh, Neil's a friend of mine. I've not read the book. Um, I would like to. I like Neil's. I like Neil. Um, I've not read the book. So I like the clips that I heard of the interviews that he did. That was kind of fun. 
but I can't say one way or the other. I will read that eventually. I've been busy doing my own book. Uh, here's the, the tricky thing for me. I had to figure out whose art I was going to work on, mine or everybody else's. And I realized I had deadlines and I wanted to get this out. Um, so I haven't watched TV shows. So if you ask me about TV shows and stuff like that now, I would say the same thing. I haven't watched them. I haven't, and so I don't know the book. Let's see what else we got in here. I want to make sure I can do a quick look. You want to buy sunglasses? That's great, Matt. <laughs> um, friended you. Thank you. Um, if Prince was so instrumental to other artists keeping their work, why do you think he didn't have a will? Gosh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I think part of the reason if he didn't have a will was because he didn't think he was going to die. I think Prince thought he was immortal. In probably ways I don't know. Um, that's the saddest thing to me is the fact that he didn't, and and we're all trying to figure that out. You know, David Bowie had a great plan for his music after he passed. David Bowie also know he had cancer and he took care of that stuff. And I'm a huge Bowie fan, um, so I'm going to always compare those two in some ways. Um, who changed the Prince's mind about finally putting horns and albums? Prince. <laughs> that's the, the answer. To that is who who made Prince's mind up? Prince. No matter what the issue is. Um, I worked on Letterman. I was in a private Prince rehearsal and didn't approach him. Would he have been friendly to me or nah? Um, at that time? Yeah, I don't know. It depends on the day. depends on the hour. Um, and, and depends on what you look like. Um, if you're a cute girl, I bet he would have been very kind to you. Um, if you were, if you were me, he probably would have had some big guy standing between me and him. That's my guess. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I never met Prince myself. And, and sometimes I think that's best. Uh, I'm sad that I didn't get to work with him. And I, I think that that would have been fun, but I don't know, you know, I know some people that work for him and, and he's, he's, he rode you. So let's see what else we got in here. I feel he didn't just get to his will because he had no idea he was gonna pass. It's uh, there's some things he was planning, but didn't get to the same thing offered to people. Yeah, okay. But we also had a wife and child. Good point, good point. Um, all right. I think I've kind of answered most of these things. Is there anything I haven't answered for you or them? Um, for me, I'm going to do a special show on June 7th. They can ask the questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I bet you know all these answers too. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just a guy who's doing some research. I'm a, I was not there. You were there. Yeah. I was, I was, I'm a guy who, who. Well, my show, you're my guest. Thank you. But I, 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 I went to find these people who knew the answers to this stuff. So I'm just relaying what they told me. And, and the things I researched. Uh, I love the fact that people enjoy the books. I love that people have been so excited and, and feel like an ownership of this book. Um, I love the fact that people, you know, in life you find that there's people that want to celebrate your success and people that don't. I love the fact that the Prince community for the most part celebrates all of us finding a way to do something. If somebody does something, so many times I see people posting, my child's graduated from high school and that's, that's the best thing. Or this is whatever it is. And, and or people saying, I just lost this person in my life. And so many people come out and say, you know, my, my thoughts are with you, man. You know, people saying their, their dog died or something like that. And you, and you, you, you feel for these people. So you want to kind of hold them and, and cuddle them and make sure that they're okay. Um, there's so many people in this community that are hurting and, and um, product placement. Yeah, you're right. Um, thank you. Thank you, Rodney. Pow, pow. Um, there's just, I think that there's there's a a community and a family thing to this stuff, and so I've said this before. But it's it's take care of each other, support each other, everything you can. Stop and and listen to people. Some I, I gave a speech the other day at the um, 
the symposium that they were doing, the Prince 70, you know, uh, whatever it was. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but the one of the things I, I said at the end is I think the things I took away from Prince's music and, and his career is that um, we need to listen to each other because Prince hit a lot of things in his words and his music. And we need to listen because sometimes the people that think that you think they have it all together are struggling. And you see that Prince struggled. And it taught me to open my ears to the people around you and the people that are need, you know, need a ear and need a time and, and a little bit of love. And so, yeah. <clears throat> Amen. And I just want to dedicate today's show to two people that were close to Dwayne, Tracy Casada. Oh, nice. Thank you. Well, Kate Ryan. Kate Ryan. Yeah, these are two people I really love. Tracy passed away several years ago from my high school. Kate Ryan was a friend of mine that I used to work with. It's a sweet girl. And it's 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 nice to I just post the stuff for my people that knew her, but so many of you didn't know these people and you still send out some love. And man, you know, here's the thing. Facebook can be cruel and mean and difficult, but it can also be great. Celebrate when somebody has a birthday, takes two seconds to say happy birthday, man. And you know what? When you get your birthday and you see all these people going, happy birthday, that's the one day in the year that the world celebrates that you're here. How cool is that? And if you got Facebook, if one thing they did, they kind of remind us all when our birthdays are. So just tell somebody, happy birthday, man. You know, glad you're here. Thanks for thanks for enjoying another ring around the sun on this crazy rock. You know, <laughs> and 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 let people know you care for them. That's all. And and so many of you done that with me, and and I'm eternally grateful. And I hope I get to do more books. And I hope you want to read more books, and and uh, and stuff like this because it it means a lot to me to connect with so many of you. And so you see me somewhere, say hi, um, and 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 uh, and write to me if you want to. I I I, I like talking to people, as you can tell. <laughs> No, you what? Never like force you to talk. No, I'm playing. No. So I think we covered everything, man. I'm 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 spent. Not I'm spent. We could do more, but we're not. No, no there's nothing more. There's no more. There's this is uh, the, the vault is completely right. open of my heart. No. Yeah. Is there any is there any question you have for me? Hey, seriously, I don't want to delay anymore. But is there something you want to ask me that you didn't get to? Me? Yeah, yeah. What if you got something? I asked, something about, I asked you about what will possibly the next super okay. deluxe yeah. the stuff, stuff. I answered what I could. Hope to see you soon. Hope I like that. You and your fans want to show you some things and uh, that's it. You know, we're, the world is opening up. Thank God. Yes. And you can give people sweaty hugs again soon. <laughs> you know, they don't not, always have to be sweaty, but yes, yes. But if it's sweaty, well, it's sweaty. Look, you know that the next time we see each other is probably be in the middle of summer in the San Fernando Valley. Absolutely. It's going to be sweaty. I'll get three o'clock in the morning. It's going to be 90 degrees even then. Exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, I, I, I've, I've called you slim many times because damn boy, you, you've, 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 you're teaching me how to lose weight. So you, you, I, I love what you do. I love what you do and I'm happy to be here. So whenever these things can happen and we get a chance to talk on this, I'm happy to happy to join you. And I'm so honored that so many people stuck through all of this. What the heck? The heck? You got nothing to do on a Saturday. <laughs> we wanted to make like, we want to get the international people. And again, I'll be doing, I'll, when I wrap it up, I'll let people know, but we may have three shows this week. Not, well, not including today's. 
happy birthday. Well, yeah, happy birthday to Prince, man. The bottom line is happy birthday to Prince. And I, I know he, I know he didn't celebrate birthdays, but I do. As I do. Yeah, I remember him one time saying, I don't celebrate birthdays like I do. And he's like, good, you can you can age for me. Oh, yeah. I like this. Just because you don't celebrate, it doesn't mean you didn't take another spin around the sun. You know, I know he said, uh, he always said, uh, time is just a concept. Yeah, but if you're late for rehearsal, you get docked. You know, so. Well, I'll look at it like this. Thank you, Prince. Yes. On June 7th, thank you, Prince. Yes. Prince, Absolutely. Every single day. Every, every time I do a show. We're going to keep it funky and we're going to say thank you, Prince. And that's what it's about. Because you got the book. Well, you got the book. I mean, I have the bookmark, but you I got the, got, you got the book. And I'm telling you, a lot of people are going to be getting the book soon. I'm going to sign them. I haven't gotten the books yet. I've got a few books so far. I should be getting the shipment of books, I think, this week. I'll be signing them just, you know, in order that I received the the uh, the purchases. Start, and they're numbered. So starting number one going all the way to the, the final number. I will make sure that, that these go out as quickly as I can. They're not going to be out there on the day it's released. Hopefully I'll get it to as quickly as I can. It's a lot of things. If you want to know what the book is like, listen to what Andre just said, download the first chapter at yeah. DwayneTudal.com. That's D-U-A-N-E-T-U-D-A-H-L.com. You can download the first chapter for free and, and uh, see what is kind of in there. Um, and that's, that's fun. You know, I, I love the fact that people are going to be getting this stuff soon. When you get it, please do me a favor. If you like it, put a review on Amazon. That's great. If you don't like it, you know, just keep it to yourself. Uh, but <laughs> but I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that people like it, and I'm hoping that reviews come out on Amazon. Because I'll tell you, when reviews come out on Amazon, people notice this stuff. And, and it, Amazon starts to publicize it more, and it makes for a bigger opportunity for the fact there might be a third book. And so, and I think I want that. I, 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 it's, it's probably going to kill me. But I would do that, and I want that, and I want if 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 uh, people want to read this stuff, I want to write this stuff, and and I love that. I love that. So sounds good, man. I'll talk to you off camera, I mean, If you need to use the restroom, whatever, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually doing this interview from the bathroom, so perfect. So wow, I didn't know you had a bookshelf in your bathroom. <laughs> I do. I like to read. I like to read. Well, so do I. <laughs> but I'm not bringing your book into the bathroom. Just saying. Thank you. Thank anyway. you. Thank you. This is All this right, is. Man. This is a bit bigger for that. Yes. Yeah, so thank you, everybody. Thank you, please. And, and yeah, go to Barnes and Noble, go to everything you can. What's the third book about? That's a question quickly. If I do, I, you're late to the game, but I'm not, I'm not hating on you. The third book would be something about uh, probably 87, 88, which would be uh, Black Album, Silent Times Tour, Jill Jones album being released, a, a fan, Madhouse 16, uh, Love Sexy, Love Sexy Tour. A lot of that stuff. And if I do 87 through 89, it would include Batman and things like that. So that's where I am. I just need to figure out what the best book is and give that best book. So that's where we are. Yeah. Sounds cool. good, man. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. See you soon. Great. Thanks, guys. Peace. Thank you guys so much. Like I said, me and Dwayne, we could have talked for another two and a half hours easily. But we didn't talk about everything that's in the book. We talked about other things that we knew that would be interesting. Make sure to get the book. Thank you guys so much. I will be doing a show on June 7th, probably after the twin shows airs. Twin show airs. They're doing another show. Um, Bad of respect. Not going to do it at the same time that I would. So we're going to do another show on Monday. And there's going to be a show. There will possibly be a show on Wednesday, but there's definitely been a show on Friday. Not going to tell you who the special guest is. 
but I am so looking forward to it. And I thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you guys for being a part of it. You can donate if you want. It's always appreciated, but I'm thankful for you. Thankful for your time. Thank you guys so much for subscribing on YouTube, on Apple Music, Spotify, everywhere else. Till next time, keep it funky. And thank you, Prince. Much love.